listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Bud Reed. <laughs> What's up? What's <laughs> Welcome to the Cannabis Agenda. This is what we do. We, we, we talk about cannabis-related issues. Anything cannabis, anything you want to hear related to cannabis, hit us up. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. So, mm-hmm. International listeners, please. This definitely includes you. It's what's going on. I mean, you can just look mm-hmm. around on any major network, any news, uh, news site, like, or any news, uh, even television, CNN, CNN, MSNBC, everybody's talking about cannabis right now. It's all over the place, as it, yeah. should, as it always has it's been. Amazing. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a positively amazing thing. I mean, we through, through the years of activism and involvement in this, uh, you know, things related to this uh, issue and uh, cannabis in general, that is, um, we've met so many different activists and different people and, and, and some of them become friends with. And I bet, I bet none of us ever imagined this soon that we would have uh, cannabis this prevalent in the media everywhere and in a positive tilt, you know? That's yeah, the- yeah. They, they you know, and, and it's always a debate. They hardly ever have on just a pro-cannabis person, which, you know, they still have on anti, simply anti-cannabis people. But uh, yeah. it, it, it's it's a win-win situation for us. Every time mm-hmm. we get to do a national debate on one of those channels or one of those networks, we win because people are being exposed to the truth. And the more and more they're exposed to the truth, the less they can turn away from it. And once they, like you've said before, Jamie, once they learn the truth, they can't ever ignore it again. And uh, that's right. what that's what's happening right now. People are people are becoming enlightened when it comes to cannabis. There's so many people, and I'm not talking prohibitionists. We all know that the prohibitionist mind is like one of the biggest cinder block buildings you could ever imagine, and it's it, it takes <laughs> bigger than a wrecking ball to to bring it down. But there's a lot of people that are kind of on the fence on this issue, and they're like, "Man, I've used weed before. It wasn't all that bad, you know." Like. Right. You know, and then they start, and then now they're starting to hear this safer message. Uh, well, compare it to alcohol and all the harm that alcohol can do, and this and that. And they're like, you know, really, it is safer than alcohol. Why? Maybe we should do this. And and we're really getting at the hearts and minds of people now. And it's interesting to see the mainstream media kind of playing such a big role in making that change. And I don't even think that that's their intention. But right, that's what's happening. It's not. You know, they want to get ratings, and that's just this issue is is the hot. Sh- you know, subject right now. It is. uh, And it's, it's a hot subject, not because of the prohibitionists. They're not selling these stories to the prohibitionists. They're selling it to all of us that are listening to this show and are involved in this movement. And, uh, people that are into, well, the news and, um, learning Mm -hmm. and discussing important things and, People on the fence, people with exactly. no stance on the issue. Those yeah. are important folks. But they're not selling it to the prohibitionism. Must perhaps Douchey no. is. You never know. Yeah, but you know, I would imagine that mostly. Besides one of those shows like Douchey, they, they, those guys just they they garner that audience all the time, and so they're ready. They they, they tune in just to get reaff- just to reaffirm their preconceived notions. You know, <laughs> so it's almost not like actually news, no matter what they talk about on those things. But uh, I think if they were selling it to prohibitionists, uh, it would be a no sell. Because prohibitionists don't want to hear what a lot of the media is saying right now. 
Right, right. And it's, uh, man, it's interesting. And it's interesting to hear the, you know, hear all these, these, these mainstream media people d- just constantly doing, doing little 15, 5, 10, 15 minute segments on, on cannabis. I mean, mm-hmm. people, I don't know if you feel as excited about what's going on as I do, but we're, we're getting a lot closer. We have a lot of fighting to do. And even just once we pass legalization laws, medical marijuana laws, they're not perfect. And they, it ain't lettuce yet, is it, Jamie? Oh, no, it's far from lettuce. It's far from lettuce. That doesn't mean that I'm not trekking determinately, determinately uh, toward lettuce. So I'm not going to give up the, the trek to lettuce. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's the deal, right? Like this fight is going to continue on. We, we passed Prop 19 in California and we still got injustices to fight. We still have things that are going to be wrong with it. We still you get medical marijuana in New Jersey, New Jersey, for instance, which we are going to talk about mm-hmm. later. They have the strictest laws in the country and they have just clarified them for everyone. So we're going to talk a little bit about that later in the show. Um, Excellent. I guess we should. What is on the agenda today? Hey, just so everybody knows election is coming up soon if you're not registered you need to register um i think you're probably pushing the deadline right now we need all of you to get out there so that you can vote on any cannabis related issue um mm-hmm. currently we are 22 days 19 hours 59 minutes 22 seconds away from election day so that that is uh, actually 8 a.m uh pacific time when the um polls open in california so be there. Wow. Be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, big news coming in today on this episode of the agenda. The yes on 19 is bringing in some much needed cash flow in the final weeks. There's a lot of uh, hoo-ha discussion about how we were going broke. But uh, it's interesting to, <laughs> to, to, to talk about what kind of people are actually throwing the dollars at 19. Um, and we also are going to be talking a little Oregon, a uh, little Oregon dispensary politics. Uh, we're going to be talking about New Jersey's, uh, New Jersey's uh, strict laws. Uh, what else mm-hmm. we got on here today? You got anything on here today? You wanna- uh, the Montana Marijuana Growers Association has their 20 th- uh, 2010 annual symposium. It's their first annual symposium. It's going on right now. Actually, it starts today and uh, tomorrow, and we'll show you. How, we'll tell you how to get a, a, a live video stream of that. Um, additionally, law enforcement officers say control or law enforcers in general, actually, not just officers, say control and tax cannabis to protect public safety. Um, the guests on 19 uh, folks have a petition. We'll remind people to get over there and sign that one. Um, this link is really great. It lists all these individuals that have signed this letter that they wrote, and uh, it's pretty interesting stuff, I think. Um, a little bit about from Gary Johnson. We'll hear from Gary Johnson. He was on Stephen Colbert's show. Um, that was a pretty good uh, deal. Gary Johnson, is it, he's the guy, he's there, the former Arizona governor who may be running for GOP presidential candidate, right? New, New Mexico. New Mexico. New yeah. Mexico. Right, right, yep. right. Okay, okay. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. That's the guy. Um, talk about the gateway theory a little bit, or, you know, at least uh, some lack of evidence that the feds have provided for us just recently. Um, what else we got going on? There's a lot of stuff on the agenda today. Oh, you know, the, the, of course, some people will have you believe that anybody that smokes pot is a loser. Well, you know, most of our listeners, I would say almost all of our listeners are fully beyond that uh, lie. But uh, Linscombe, is that the guy? Is that the baseball player? Let that Timmy we talked smoke, about man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Major League Baseball postseason yeah. started and Timmy, a smoker, just smoked the Braves. We'll talk about yeah, that I got later a new update on how cannabis has just completely screwed up his life. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> and uh, marijuana numbers, uh, patient numbers in Hawaii are on the increase. Um, let me see. Of course, we have to include the, the uh, requisite 
officer shoots unarmed person during a raid because that just never ceases to happen. Really? We got uh, another one of those stories? That's man, I hate those stories. We're going to zoom through. It's a really quick one, though. It's just uh, the, the circumstances in this one are a little bit even even more sketchy than usual. Um, let me see. Medical marijuana conference that was going to happen in Detroit, the much ballyhooed conference that the authorities said, oh, my God, not in our city. Um, I think that might keep go- might be going on. Um, Ballet what? We'll talk about that a little bit. Ballyhooed. Ballet what? I guess that's a... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me see. Right. There's uh, a little bit of lack of clarity on the marijuana, uh, medical marijuana rules that are in Michigan. Talk about that briefly. Yeah. Um, talk about some uh, big dollar uh, folks giving some money against the Arizona initiative. A little quick update on what's going on in Illinois with our SB 1381 legislation. Um, let me see here. And I think that's uh, I think we're going to talk about some important stuff from the research bin. We'll discuss briefly about uh, marijuana's potential adverse effects um, and the nugget, we have a nugget, I believe the government data, um, this, this, we'll talk a little bit more about this organization, um, uh, international, uh, research Institute, that, uh, just recently released a report that used government data and says that pro- prohibition has horribly failed. And, uh, that won't, I'm sure that won't be too much of a surprise to most of us, but speaking this is some of good nuggets, stuff. Speaking of nuggets, I've got, uh-huh. I've got a doobie rolled here of some AK 47 crossed with Cinderella 99. I bet that sounds nice, uh-huh. doesn't it? To everybody. I haven't, uh-huh. haven't even, uh, <laughs> haven't even gotten to puff this yet. Um, probably we'll do it sometime in the show and let you guys know how, how this uh-huh. flavor is, you know, as far as nuggets go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the agenda for today. That's, uh. <laughs> That's what we got. That's what we're bringing you. Check it out. Um, hey, guys, we uh, really p- appreciate everyone who's been listening to us. If, if uh, this isn't your first time here, I'm sure you've stumbled upon, uh, upon our website, um, CannabisAgenda.com. Uh, you can email us at any time, any, anything. We want praise. We want ideas. We want to know what you think we should do better, what, what we're lacking. Come on. Bring it to us, guys. Info at CannabisAgenda.com is our email. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you anytime, too. You can call and leave a voicemail, 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. If you have any hookups with uh, anyone that wants to do an interview, um, we can set up a time to do a little talk, too. We'd love to we'd love to hear from you and talk to you on air um, or anyone that you suggest we should talk to. So please uh, send us uh, that information as well. Um, we're on iTunes. You, can, you just need to search for Cannabis Agenda. Um, you can get us uh, – you can subscribe. And then it'll be updated automatically whenever the new shows are available. Please leave reviews on um, iTunes. It helps us a lot. You don't need to leave good reviews necessarily. Leave whatever you feel about the show. Um, we've, we're getting a lot of ideas um, from from people, to, you know, even negative feedback. I mean, all feedback helps us. So please leave as much feedback as possible. Definitely leave the reviews on iTunes. Um, check us out on Twitter and Facebook. We really would like it if you'd like us on Facebook. Um, please, please, please invite your friends, um, your Facebook friends, to, to our site, to our page, I guess is what it's called on Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, expose them to the uh, – to, to what we're doing here. This is a community we're trying to build and it, it takes your, it takes your, your help and effort. Um, so, so, so please, uh, support us in that way and invite people on Facebook. Um, another mm-hmm. thing you can always go to our website. I, I forgot to mention this when you go to about the website, when we were talking, when I was just mentioning the website, um, go to our website. You can always get our show notes. This is something interesting that we do that no one else does. Um, in, in the cannabis 
podcast world yet. Go to our show. You can always click on our notes and you can see like a basic like outline of the stories and stuff that we're covering. If it's if we grab this material from a, a source, you can click on that and you can read the stories right there if you ever want to. You can post them back on Facebook if you found it to be a really interesting story or you can read it or whatever. Fact check us whatever send us your you know if you need to get some information specifically off of it it's right there it's a really good good way to kind of follow along with what we're talking about as well you can do it while you're listening to the show if you want as well um and then what, what's the stuff we're experimenting with here what's the deal we're, we're starting to stream is that what's going on matt yeah i guess so we're uh we're experimenting for sure uh, we actually got a, a, <laughs> a an email from uh i think it came from staley he suggested we look into some other technologies for our streaming but in the meantime we just have a it's a simple stream cycling our last six episodes cool um so just cycles them through yeah just it's so like turning on, on it and then it's randomly it's, it's, at some yeah, point somewhere one in shows. one of those it's like turning on the tv you can't fast forward or rewind but it's just like always on huh interesting yeah, and if you're into that and you find that helpful, please uh, let us know what you think and 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 why you like it, why you like it that way. Let us know. Hey, while we're talking about emails, let's uh, we'll skip uh, we'll catch up on Jay here in a second. Let's get to the emails for a minute. We have had a few emails this week, haven't we? Yeah, we got a couple. Sean, Sean this one, didn't he? Sean did. Yep, and then Tony Pena as well. Was it Sean that mentioned the? Uh... The streaming technology? Mm, no. I don't have the emails in front of me. Let's see. Yeah, I don't uh, have them in front of me. Um, I've got them right here. Here we go. Um, so uh, we definitely got some emails from Sean. He was uh, stoked on our show from last week, but he is also then he is talking about um, there was a he wants us to check out uh, an interview done on uh, the John Doe show with uh, Mark Cuban's brother, Mark Cuban's owner of the um the uh, Dallas Mavericks NBA basketball team. His brother's a constitutional law attorney or something. And he goes into detail about why uh, um, the feds cannot do um, to prop 19, what they did to the Arizona immigration law. And the reason is, is basically, so this is the gist of what his email says. Basically the, um, uh, the um, Supreme court has ruled that, that, um, state governments several times state governments cannot get into the business of enforcing federal laws more they um mm -hmm. the federal government did that and what arizona was doing with immigration law was basically starting to try and, and enforce federal laws and it's up to the federal government to enforce federal laws so what the difference will be with prop 19 is we won't be trying to further enforce federal laws in fact we'll be getting ourselves even further out of enforcing federal laws. But I think there's a lot of discussion there. And I know that Jamie, you're trying to get someone on the show here soon to, to kind of clarify at least their viewpoints on it from a constant constitutional law perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got, a, we have a professor, uh, associate professor, um, from university of Illinois coming on this next week. Um, next show. Well, hopefully nice it's next week. Sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, something to look for, forward to for uh, next week. Uh, and we also got a, um, one of our newer listeners. I'm, I'm not sure how new of a listener you are, Tony, uh, but we've got a, um, we've, we appreciate that you're starting to email and everything. And you've got a story on here about Cook County going too far. And it looks like it's a, uh, an Illinois story. So uh, we're going to we're going to get into that next week. Um, for you and uh, we also also um, Steve from Arizona uh, I'm still um, still getting into your Arizona uh, pot politics stuff and next week we will be looking into the uh, initiative in Arizona mm -hmm. a little bit more I think we may even have a little something about a little something about that today so, um, so. hey you know what 
before we go too much farther, I have. Oh well, are we done with this part? Because yep. I have. I have a correction, and I don't want to forget it. Okay. I have a correction. I made an error last time. <laughs> I reported on our research bin about uh, a study called impact of cannabidiol uh, on the acute memory and psychotomimetic. Uh, effects of smoked cannabis. It's a naturalistic study. That's what the study is titled. It was, pub- it was published in the British Journal of Psychiatry. And I wrongly said, uh, I believe that psycho psychotomimetic, which is just uh, an incredible word to say, um, was uh, had to do with memory. And that is false. Actually, what that means is uh, remem- it's something that gives an effect that resembles a psychosis. Actually, uh, a medical dictionary right here just says resembling a psychosis. So I just wanted to, for clarity's sake, uh, correct that and make sure that everybody just keep using those big words, and all the stoners are just going to start eating potato chips and watching television and not listening to you. (laughs) Possibly so, but (laughs) it's not my word; it's the researcher's word. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, I got that one wrong. So you know, anyway, there's another time. There's some uh, big words there you got. Yeah, that I can't even say them. Mm-hmm. All right. Jay, let's get to Jay. Jay is running for a 41st district uh, state legislature um, position in Wisconsin. Please check out his campaign, um, jayselthoffner.com, uh, and donate mm-hmm. to him. He is running on a cannabis agenda, pro-hemp, pro-medical cannabis, pro-recreational cannabis. Uh, he's a really smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's an independent running against an incumbent uh, Republican. Um, uh, I believe Tom, Tony was asking us about polling data. We need to get Jay back on here and see if he – we never have asked yeah. him about polling data. And then we, we also need to clarify that there's not a Democrat in that race as well. Um, right. But um, You know, it's about time we got him on here for an update anyway. It's so getting maybe close, next week, dude. Yeah, next time next, – by next week, there will only be like 15 days left until election. I'm sure that he's – I'm sure his hair is standing up and turning gray already. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, please, please check out his site uh, and, and and donate to him. Um, t- Tony, you said you did that. We appreciate that. Um, Four dollars and twenty cents is the do- minimum do- donation that he's asking for. For us, if we could only give a dollar, he'll take it. Um, but four dollars and twenty cents support support marijuana. Uh, if you can give forty two bucks here at the end, uh, it'd be great. Whatever he needs the help, they need the money. It's coming down to the nitty gritty. Uh, we here mm-hmm. at Cannabis Agenda believe that this is a huge new sort of thing that we need to start doing across the country, taking advantage of vulnerable districts with very intelligent people who have cannabis agendas as well. And uh, Jay is doing it right. He is uh, Mm a really, really intelligent man, very good networking uh, sort of person. And uh, he's uh, brought us a lot of uh, wonderful listeners up in Wisconsin. And and we really, really appreciate the the relationship that we're building with all of you great people up in... What are Wisconsin? Wisconsinites? Is that what they are? Wisconsinites. Um, Yeah, I think so. All right. Well... Let's, uh, yeah, if there's any correction to that, just let us let know. Us know. <laughs> we'll, we'll say it right. We promise. <laughs> right. Cheeseheads? That, or that's that's if you're a Packers fan, right? That's Packer fans, okay. yeah. Gotcha. Which a lot of them might be. I don't know. I think you know. even... I'm I a think, huge cheese fan. I, I think know. there's a split, though. It's weird. Like, I think a lot of people from Wisconsin are Bears fans. So there's like this huge... And then a lot of people from Illinois yeah, are a lot of people Packers fans. That just heard you say weird. that are going, oh my God, you're talking about the Bears <laughs> and the Packers in the same... 
yeah, we do that kind of controversial stuff around here. It's just sort of the way, <laughs> you know. We'd love to hear more from you guys. We appreciate Sean, Tony, Staley. We appreciate all the emails, all the thoughts, the stories. Steve, Arizona, great. it's great stuff. We're gonna, we we really want to make this as interactive of a show as possible. Uh, and like I was saying a little earlier, if you know anyone that wants to do a quick interview on the show, please let us know. We'd love to talk with you. Um, we want to really move towards more of an interactive setting, more of a community-based sort of thing. Um, we'd love bringing you the news and we will continue to bring you the news. Um, so, uh, email us up info at cannabis Give us a call 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N. As far as events calendars, guys, man, we really need some help in this events calendar sort of, mm-hmm. sort of arena. We really need you guys to start letting us know what's going on in your area. Uh, so far we haven't found like one site that just aggregates all of the cannabis related events. And, uh, if someone kind of a, a go to location, huh? Yeah. You know, somewhere that's like you go there and then like you can national events, you know, boom, all the big events, boom. And then you're like, okay, well what about local stuff? I don't have to travel to or whatever. And you click on your region and you can at least like plan out things. Maybe they're six months away, but there's going to be a protest in your town or, you know, a hundred miles away, there's going to be some sort of gathering or this or group functions or every Tuesday night MPP meets at this thing or, you know, or Americans for safe access meet here. I mean, there's so much going on and, um, it just would be really nice if, if we were communicating with each other a little bit better and sharing information. All these organizations were kind of uploading events onto one site. I don't care who does it. It'd be great if it was done. So if anyone's listening to that, feels like taking on a project, that'd be a huge, huge project. And it would be, I mean, it'd be so helpful for the entire movement. So um, mm-hmm. only thing, the things I got that I know, I'm still mentioning HempireMedia.net. Check them out. They have a somewhat Facebook tribe style sort of um, thing going on. They've got the mm-hmm. Empire Expos in LA coming December 11th and 12th. Got one in uh, uh, Seattle in March, March 4th through 6th of 2011, we're talking now. And Denver, August 5th through 7th. I keep plugging this for these guys because I've been participating on their website a little, mm-hmm. as you should too. And we should see if it's a worthy sort of way of, uh, you know, becoming a stronger community. It's a good idea. So check it out. Those are the events that I know of as of right now. Jamie, you got any, you know any other events right now? They're cool. Um, not a lot of <laughs> events. Well, there's one of them I put in the announcements, and uh, it almost slipped right, right past me. Um, it's the Marijuana Medical Growers Association um, Annual Symposium. It's their first annual symposium. And uh, we have uh, it, it's going on today and tomorrow which typically we would not report on that um, being that close right up on the date of the, or the time of the event. But in this case, there is a live stream available. So I wanted to point this out. Um, you can catch this live stream on the web, of course, HTTP, blah, 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 blah. And the, the address is hotboxpodcast.com. And go there. There's a there's a tab up near the top for live shows, and you can uh, navigate over to that. Um, that's um, happening in Helena, Montana. So that's a very positive thing to go on. And uh, if you're interested in that, or if you're from Montana especially, you might want to check out that that live feed. And uh, I think uh, I just noticed I visited that site, and it is going on. And uh, there's a, uh, a, a live comment like texting going on on the bottom, so you can have discussions and commentary with uh, other people. So. You might want to check that out. Check it. Check it. What's up with MPP? What do they got going on? Who put that on there? I don't even know what that's all about. The online banking system? Is that what you Yeah, they're doing some online. Yeah, online phone banking. Just Say Now 
um, is proud to announce a new tool to put marijuana reform directly in the hands of activists, online phone banking. And I think what happens <clears throat> is uh, they want to identify supporters of, of marijuana uh, reform before the, the upcoming uh, election in November, of course. But uh, the, the, the story here says that th- there's thousands of voters in Arizona, California, Oregon, and South Dakota who we need to vote for marijuana reforms and would likely be, uh, you know, have a strong potential toward doing so. They just need to kind of be woke up. They need some contact. And they're, ta- they're targeting calls to uh, young voters and surge voters, the people we talked about that, you know, that aren't really decided on what's going on. Um, people who turned out in 2008 but who are not yet likely to vote in the midterm elections. Um, it says anybody can log on to this tool with their email address or Facebook account. And uh, we'll put this link up there on the, on the site. You can get it. But uh, it's, they're really soliciting anybody can, can do phone banking and get the word out um, from your house, actually. So that's a pretty cool, uh, it's a pretty cool kind of idea, I think. Sweet, sweet. Huh? That's yeah. I mean, you know, like I, people in general get annoyed with the phone, anything that comes through the phone. But when you are a cannabis supporter and and you support cannabis and you realize that this is that's what's going on here, you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna stop and and give them the time they need. And, and absolutely, it's a good way to identify people and uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people that because there's a lot of okay. They're, they're, uh, our activist movement has grown, right? It's grown mm-hmm. tenfold over the last ten years. Wouldn't you agree? It's just the network is oh, just, yeah, just expanding exponentially. Uh-huh. But there are so many people out there that support legalizing cannabis that are quiet about it, and they use cannabis, mm-hmm. and they don't talk to people about it very often. Maybe their closest family members, their closest friends, um, but they're still scared because prohibition's a mother, you know. And, right. and, uh, and, and, and this could be a way for us to identify, uh, where we have support and, 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 and mm-hmm. you know, obviously it's MPP. So there's some sort of politics sort of related issue with this. And if we start right. finding areas where it's like, wow, there's actually kind of a heavy, a heavy, you know, um, population of people that support True. marijuana laws and, and, and yeah. stuff and, and in this area, hmm, we need to start looking into this district more and seeing right. what kind of uh, you know if there's anything we can do there. And 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 so I I, I think this is I think this is a, a really good, good absolutely. Thing, you, know? you know, there's there's two things I wanted to say about that too. First of all, if you if you plan on doing this, that's great. I, I appreciate you know that they're they're going to try to do this. But please remember, always be polite. Always be you know treat people with dignity. If they go, you. SOB blank, 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 bleep, 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 bleep. And you're like, oh my gosh, did he just insult my children? You know, just, uh, just be kind and be nice and get off the phone and say, well, you know, you're not going to get that person because you're not going to get everybody. No way. Uh, one thing we don't want to do, a potential negative, is have people in there arguing with people at no. their house, you yeah. know, and yelling at it. That's no. not the way to approach yeah, it. Yeah, you'd be respectful. You know? uh, have, have you ever done the telemarketing sort of thing? I was a um, pollster. I was one uh-huh. of those guys. I did yeah, it. I did it with uh, Paul Gallegos for a while. Oh, you did? I was, uh, yeah, I've done it here for a couple of candidates in Illinois. So, so. you've done it for for, cam- for campaign sort of stuff. See, I did it for uh-huh. – I was a pollster. I did it for a, uh, you know, an independent company that does polling. I did it for the Gallup organization mm. actually, so the Gallup okay. poll. And did, mm-hmm. uh, did, did a lot of market research type of stuff, which people are really annoyed with, and then did CNN mm. polls and, you know, all sorts of all different right. public opinion polls. And uh, it's an interesting th- it's an interesting beast, and um, it, kill people with politeness and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Oh, They're you know gonna, you're going to have people cuss you out. It's going to happen, and 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 just take it, you know, and move on, and go Absolutely. to the next, and, and realize that 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 that's just part of it 
people don't like being disturbed at dinner and that's just kind of what we have to do. Cause that's when they're home. If you're going to participate in this sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, absolutely do it, with a, do it with a smile and be resilient. <laughs> and, and, be, uh, and here's a little something that you can tell people, let them know, because see, we know that as you just pointed out, uh, very intelligently, I might add, there is a huge wealth of individual of, of populists in this country that may be opposed to, uh, the criminalization of cannabis. They may be opposed to the whole drug war and cannabis war and all the nonsense that goes along with it, but they're afraid or unable because of some professional reasons, uh, to step out and voice their opinion. Well, the great thing about this type of, uh, uh, policy legislation. It's on. It's on the ballot. When they can, when they go in, your ballot is confidential. So you can make sure you let make sure people are aware of this. Your ballot is confidential. You can walk away from that ballot box with letting people assume you voted no. You can go and vote however you feel honestly within your conscience and leave that ballot box. If you're from California, you can say, no, nope, I voted no on Prop 19. And you can, you can at the same time, you know, voice your opinion how you honestly feel it should be. So that's, that's a, great, uh, it's a great opportunity. So you're saying if you're paranoid... Yeah, if, if, I, if I believe that it, if I believe that this legislation should be passed, but I'm afraid to come out and say that or, or to, to openly, you know, discuss that or wear that on my sleeve, so to speak, vote your then, conscience. You know, then just yeah, vote it you, because you're safe that way. Absolutely, absolutely. You can walk away from that ballot box saying I voted no, whether even if you didn't. That's a great that's your business. That's a great thing to tell people because people. Right. I mean, you know. Uh, we can be very scared of, of, of our, our government sometimes because they carry sure. a big stick. And, um, you know, so in that ballot box, it's anonymous. You're no one, no one's going to know what you're doing. So please, mm-hmm. especially if, especially coming up now here, we we're moving on. It looks like we got a clip to start out California news today. Will California's mm-hmm. vote to legalize marijuana? I don't know. Will we? Yes. Hmm, perhaps we might. Yes. Hmm, I'm thinking it's trending yes let's hope so yes. let's hope so let's let's hear this clip election day voters in california will get a chance to make history with a ballot initiative that could make it the first state to make pot legal for anybody 21 and over recent polls show voter support is growing now and the golden state has already eased some of its laws against marijuana now the effort to legalize tax and regulate it getting a major boost from two of california's most powerful unions Anita Vogel is live in our West Coast News Hub tonight. And Anita, Anita, what are the big names supporting Prop 19 and why? Well, Shepard, you said it. Two of the biggest labor unions here in California, the SEIU, the Service Employees International Union, and the United Food and Commercial Workers Union. They believe that legalizing pot here in California could go a long way towards raising important tax revenues and creating tens of thousands of union jobs. Good jobs. With, uh, with higher than living wage wages, uh, health benefits, uh, pension. And the union also cites numbers from California's Board of Equalization that suggest that the Golden State could be inhaling in excess of a billion dollars a year in those tax revenues. You could certainly use the money. What are opponents saying now? Well, opponents say uh, this whole thing is a, really a hoax on the voters of California. We're talking about uh, police chiefs and former drug enforcement officials. Uh, they're actually urging Attorney General Eric Holder to get ready to take court action if Prop 19 passes. They claim there won't be any taxes collected because it will be a violation of federal law. The problem is uh, 
nobody's going to be paying taxes because nobody is going to want to be admitting that they're committing a serious federal criminal violation in doing so. And I believe the, pro the proponents of Prop 19, they either know that or they're smoking something. <laughs> and Attorney General Eric Holder's oh, yeah. office says uh, he's going to take a wait-and-see attitude uh, as to whether to do anything about Prop 19, but they're watching it. Shepard, Anita Vogel, you. live in Los Angeles this afternoon. Anita, thanks. Okay, well, yeah. Um, so, dude, huh. I don't know. Uh, people are paying their taxes on it currently already. There's people doing it. There definitely are. I mean, not everyone. It's hard. I mean, we, you know, it's difficult to run this business through a bank account still. They make it really hard. But, um, yeah. I mean, it, they're going to be putting excise taxes on this that's collected at the point of sale. Sales tax that's collected at the point of sale. How can you not collect tax that's at the point of sale? It's going to happen. There's no way, at least. Uh, I, think, I think they're right as far as, like, some income tax stuff. There's still going to be a lot of people doing this uh, uh, black market stuff for a while. Well, you know, if the federal government would... <laughs> back off a little and uh, let the IRS collect those taxes. I'm sure there would be some right. people happy to pay them. So that's your argument on the no side is no, actually, there will be no money. And we're concerned most about money and collecting. First of all, it's coming from – it's crazy. These these tax collection issues are coming from libertarians and, and, and Republicans who are generally like uh, – aren't, aren't they – isn't there one of their things about – not collecting taxes, getting yeah, getting rid of taxes, getting rid of taxes, and now their argument <laughs> is um, we shouldn't do this because you're not going to be able to collect all the tax. It's kind of weird, but maybe if the problem is you can't collect the taxes, instead of telling the federal government to take action to stop what we're doing, tell the federal government to take action to help it along so that we can collect taxes off of this industry. Perhaps mm -hmm. sound sound like a potential solution to that you may be on to something i might be guess what <laughs> money is trickling in on the yes side for not even prop 19 looks like it's kind of flowing it's flowing well see there was a big deal in the last couple of weeks uh they were starting to run low and the no side was starting to spin this. Oh, you're running out of money because you're running out of energy. And as we all know in the pot movement, and you've mentioned many times with a very intelligent uh, intelligent way, Jamie, is that this whole movement runs off of energy, right? It and does. It runs off of money, too. Energy and money. Uh -huh. And what they were saying was, you're running out of money. You're running out of energy. The sales are coming down. Everything is about to... You know, it's all, it's, it's obvious. Prop 19 is going down. You're going to lose. Right as they start saying that, people start donating money. We've, I think that uh, the total in the last like week that, that Prop 19's picked up is like uh, around $300,000. Uh, guess who donated yes, or donated uh, $100,000 to Prop 19? David Bronner and, uh, from huh. Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. Uh, it's a six oh, I love his soap. Definitely. They've cleaned many of my piercings <laughs> to heal uh -huh. successfully. And um, um, they, uh, they, are, they are a 60-year-old uh, company, company now. Uh, wait, is that right? 1948 wow. was when they were started. So, yeah, they're over Almost. 60 years. No, that's 62 years. 50. Right? Oh, yeah. 62. Yeah. Uh -huh. 110 minus 52. 48. Yeah. No, 110 minus 48 math, guys. 62. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, you're 62. right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> hey, guys, you can trust us here. We're, we're smart people. As you all know, sometimes subtraction is kind of tough. It's Especially hard. when you got to carry those digits. Jeez, big time. Um, yeah, so a uh, 62-year-old company that has uh, over 60 employees in California, they cap their executive compensation at a 5-to-1 ratio to the lowest paid positions. Uh, they have huge commitment to fairness. They donate a lot of their profits to Various organizations like the Boys and Girls Club, Organic Consumers Association, Vote Hemp, and the Fair World Project. Uh, they buy over 20 tons of hemp oil for their soaps from Canada annually. And um, for nearly 10 years, the family's been supporting bringing back non-drug industrial hemp farming in the U.S. Um, so this company is a very pro-hemp sort of company. They've given, uh, they gave uh, $75,000 to SSDP for a get-out-the-vote effort for Prop 19. And uh, mm-hmm. they gave 25000 to another thing called, uh, what's this? Where did that go? The Capital Hemp. Wait, no, that's who they are. I can't. Something else to $25,000 to another method of, of helping pass Prop 19. But what he, um, he in this, in this, uh, in his, this is actually a story um, that it's just a letter written from David Bronner himself, who is the president of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. Um, down at the bottom of the story, I, if you guys are, you should, it's a Huffington Post story. You should click on our, you should go to the website, canvasgena.com, click on the story, read it. Word for word. I can't read the whole thing word for word. It just bores <laughs> the crap out of all of you. So, but um, he points out uh, DEA's own administrative law judge, Francis Young's 1988 statement when he basically says it's one of the safest, safest, you know, therapeutically active substances known to man. Um, and he's saying here, business leaders should stand up and do the right thing. And that he personally is going to be taking it out to, to other businesses that he knows have uh, good social consciousness, and um, he's going to be um, over the next few weeks pushing them to donate money to this cause. Um, and uh, he said um, he had a real he 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 thanked Richard Lee for pumping his 1.5 mil into this to get it on the ballot, and he's calling for everyone else to help. And uh, his the one of the things he was talking about here that really hit me was uh, he was saying that it, one of at one point in his life uh, one of his Let's see. I'm trying to. Oh, here it is. His decision to support Prop 19 also stems from experience with medical cannabis in the case of a close friend who used cannabis to get through chemotherapy and survive stage four hepatitis C. Um, and he said her local dispensary was raided and shut down by drug war zealots from the local DA's office. And uh, he believes that people should have better access to cannabis and that the passing of Prop 19 will absolutely do that. I'm going to give you one little paragraph of what he's saying here at the bottom. I really recommend you guys look at this. Um, As a successful business owner, father, and soccer coach, I thank God for the gift of cannabis. Cannabis for me is a daily sacrament and a communion that at the end of each day helps me get past my small, petty self and find my moral center. So... Amen, brother. And uh, it's good to see money trickling in from from companies like you. Here's another interesting donation. Uh, The co-founders of uh, Facebook uh, gave $170,000 to uh, Yes on 19. Um, Those people are David Moskowitz 
and um, Sean Parker. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. Sean Parker played a big part in um, Napster. He was one of the, the original mm-hmm. Napster guys. And there's a movie yeah. out right now that people, the social network, that's making these two commonly known, very commonly known names now because they both have characters in the book, I mean, in the movie. Um, so you should you know, check that out if you want to know, know a little bit about the, the, how Facebook first came to be. But um, these are the type of companies that are starting to to give money to the yes um, campaign in the final weeks here. So they are we are we are going to have enough money to successfully finish the campaign. And uh, we if uh, if you have uh, if you know of anyone um, out there that wants to donate anything to this, please you can go to yes on nineteen dot com. I believe uh, you can donate that way. But uh, the money is trickling in from uh, larger donors at the end here, and that's good. And, and I know that these people obviously know how to network. So hopefully they're helping bring in more dollars over the coming weeks here so we can pass 19 in California. That would be huge. Huge. What do we got now? Hey. All right. We've got a caller in California, uh, Nick from California, on the line. And uh, going to talk a bit about Prop 19. you got some concerns about it, don't you? What, what kind of concerns do you have about Prop 19? Um, well, I guess uh, there's a lot of concerns that I have about Prop 19. First of all, you know, um, I'm born and bred in California and uh, been self-medicating for, I don't know, since I was like, what, 14? And uh, so, yeah, uh, I got belief in uh, cannabis as a, as a medication and as uh well as just a self reliever you know so as a recreational and, uh, drug you believe it's it's it both, should be, yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah both as recreation and uh uh medical purpose as well cool um so yeah uh i guess my major concern the first one uh with prop 19 is that it is proposed by pretty much one singular person you know you guys are mm-hmm. aware of this i'm sure um Mr. Richard Lee, sure. and, uh, yeah. you know, he, uh, he put up $800,000. 1.5 uh, actually. Okay, all yeah. right. So, so what do you guys think about that? Okay, this is a very interesting thing. We've talked about it on the show before. We've had a lot of people um, hearing a lot of people complaining about the fact that someone basically spent the money to put this on the ballot. So the assumption that I feel like is being made by people that, that – tend to point to this is it's because it's going to benefit him. And I, I would agree that that assumption is probably correct. He probably is going to make a lot of money um, off the fact that marijuana will be legal. He's already probably making a lot of money in the current state that so it's in. He, he also, correct, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt no, you. No, 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 it's fine. Me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is he the sole proprietor now to the Oakland no. uh, cannabis marijuana? He is one of um, the four dispensaries in Oakland. He's one of, one the, of the four. One of the okay. four, and he has a college, too. Um, right, right. And right. He, I, as far as I know, he does not currently have one of those big grow facilities that they've done in, in Oakland either. I'm not sure how that's going to – I would guess he will have one, though. Um, but right. but yeah, so so he, so he currently is one of the four of the contracted um, large marijuana grows that strictly supplies the city of Oakland. He, I don't believe he's the grow; he's the a dispensary oh, okay. at this point. We're we're going to be trying to get Richard Lee on the show here soon, just so everyone okay. knows. We are going to be trying to get him on here. Um, but yes, he is a successful marijuana entrepreneur. 
Okay. And uh, so then that that right there uh, tells me that he's leaning more towards of a corporate marijuana um, industry in California and kind of walking away from the small independent um, medical dispensaries that we have uh, currently in place. Um, I don't I don't know necessarily if you talk to him about that. I don't know necessarily that he would be. That's a good question that we will ask him. Um, so do you support only having four dispensaries in, in Oakland? Um, he might for protection of his own thing, but I don't think he's necessarily trying to say every area should regulate it exactly like Oakland. In fact, they wrote the bill and they are giving the rights for it to be regulated in every area right. by themselves. So, um, but is he is he like is it a corporate? Th- it's it's a it's a business. It's a legitimate business thing. They would prefer obviously the legalization of marijuana makes it to where it's a legal commodity, so it can be produced in a legal manner by legal entities. So yeah, I would Definitely. guess that corporations uh, will exist. But I mean, you know, as we've pointed out, I mean, corporations exist in all sorts of things. You buy food from Definitely. Corp- you know, you buy. Definitely, food. We, li- we live in a free market society. Well, where they have the ability to compete if they want to. Yeah. Um, so uh, then ultimately, does Prop 19, does, does that ultimately take down the medical dispensary uh, system that we have in place? I mean, how can, uh, you know, um, no. small biz- how, how can small businesses, uh, you know, compete with major profit-making agendas, you know, of, uh, of large corporations? Um, Prop 19 uh, does not get rid of prop 215 prop 215 uh, yeah I, that's something that i understand as well right they, they both coexist yeah, um, specific mm-hmm. language in there that says that it will not affect the medical marijuana uh, legislation at all yeah and the, right. the the deal there is though so here here's why a lot of us have medical marijuana for chronic right. pain and because it gives us the right to to self-medicate when we need to and it gives us the right to use recreation i do both I, I medicate right. for I medicate for pain, serious pain, chronic pain that I have, and um, but when I'm feeling good and uh, hanging out with friends, I I, I I smoke recreationally as well. So I'm going to have a choice as to whether or not I need to go to the doctor once a year anymore and pay a fee and do all the bullshit involved with being right. a medical. Can- but someone that has because there's people that need to buy more than an ounce. There's people that need to legally oh, yeah. be able to for their for their ailments and stuff. They may continue to go to the doctor to be a two fifteen patient to go to a like a more of a medical related dispensary than like a, yeah. a, a recreational dispensary. And they may want or they may want the grow laws because they produce their own medicine or whatever associated with two fifteen. But the amount of patients will probably reduce it first because a lot of us will stop dealing with the bullshit involved with going to the going to the doctor and whatnot. So yeah. they'll, they'll coexist. They'll be regulated separately and sometimes together. Uh, for instance, uh, the city of Berkeley is going to tax medical marijuana one way and then tax um, recreational cannabis in another way, and, and that's going to happen in all areas. So 
it, it, they're going to coexist. It's just going to it's going to hit the the medical industry because they're not going to have all the numbers anymore. But the same amount of cannabis is still going to have to be produced. Yeah. Um, right. And then mm-hmm. when you talk about like how you support small businesses and stuff. The problem with small, the word small business in, in, in when we're talking about marijuana in California is we're talking about tiny mm-hmm. businesses and tons yeah. of them, dude, and they don't work. Yeah, we're, to- ta- we're talking about thousands, if not tens of thousands of individual growers. D- 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 yeah. Small, and, yeah. And they, small. And they don't work well together, and yeah. it's inefficient. And, I mean, like, you go to L.A. to try and sell pound of weed, and you go to one block, and they're like, I'm only going to give you 2700 And you go to another block, and they're like, I'll give you thirty nine. And there's no right. standard, and it's still so gang-oriented and everything. And I believe that's, pro- that's one of the problems as well, is, is no representation and no unity between all of the – let's just take, for instance, Emerald Triangle – and uh, Humboldt, Mendocino, and Trinity County, and say if they had some representation uh, to unify all of these small growers and actually have, you know, um, somewhat of, uh, of some power, uh, so to speak, to, to keep out huge corporate interests, just as uh, huge corporate interests are kept out of uh, Humboldt County, speaking of like Walmart, for instance, or, uh, you know, things like that. Sure. I mean, um, yeah. You does, know, how, it, so, so that's my concern is that none of those, none of there, there aren't any. Um, I guess uh, I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but there aren't any groups or coalitions or anything in place that are working together to actually have representation and have power for the northern Humboldt growers or the southern Humboldt growers or something to actually compete. You know, and uh, and I, gosh, November is 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 a month away. Yeah, twenty two uh, days. You know, twenty two days what, from the what election. Happens, what happens when this passes and everybody who's been in this business for thirty plus years or, you know, ten years or five years or however many years you've been putting yourself out there and doing this business now, you know, all of a sudden they find themselves just completely passed up and uh, mm-hmm. you know, sitting with with uh you know, with, with what they have. And, uh, I, I don't know. That's just a, a major concern. So you're well. saying we're not ready is this, those of us I, in the I, industry. That's, that's exactly what I think that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm, I think that, um, these, uh, this, this, you know, this guy, Richard Lee, he's ready. Uh, obviously he's ready. And, um, maybe other, other large interests are ready. Um, but I don't think, like you said, the, the, multi- the multitude of small businesses, however many we're talking, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 growers, you know, they are, for the majority, are not ready. I don't know. Are you in agreement with me there, or do you disagree with that, you know? Uh, okay. If you're talking about voters and users and consumers, I mean, I, I, I know they're ready. And if you're talking about those of us up here in Humboldt County, are we ready? Yeah. Um, well, we grow pretty good pot and we go grow a whole lot of it. That's an advantage, I would say. Right, right, um, right. Have we gotten used to working with modern business practices? No. no. Um, have no. we had a lot of talk about unions and large collectives and that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. Talk. It's yeah. a lot of talk. Yeah, and, and there's not sure. and there's not a lot of backing on it. And a lot and, and, and to be honest, a lot of it is because we we appreciate our illegal commodity that has a artificially inflated profit to it. Um, so are we ready? Dude, 
are we, I mean, I, I, all I can see is who's going to stop. I mean, who's going to stop working? If, if, if you don't love, if, if you're only in this for the profit and it becomes more difficult, you probably weren't that great at it in the first place, or you just really don't have the desire for the love of cannabis to do it. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. love it and you have the knowledge and you have all these people around us, I don't see why we, I mean, intelligence, intelligence is highly measured by your ability to adapt and and if we cannot adapt it was not meant to be for us and so here's one of the one thing is constant i mean one thing is constant and that's change and you can't and it seems like this this uh you know this snowball it's avalanching and and it seems like there's a lot of force and power behind it and it pretty much is not going to stop you know It, it will i believe it will pass uh my only concern is you know, um, how how do we work with our local governments and our local our local cities, our local counties, and how do we uh, get ushered into that? Um, you know, how do I get a commercial license and get ushered into that uh, the, the legalization and the retail side of it? Sure, the retail's been a, a the retail thing's been difficult. Um to do it's really expensive hard hard to do the the grow side i mean like humboldt's proposing licenses to pay um you'll be able to do a a production license a grow license in i imagine they'll eventually just differentiate between indoor outdoor um processing license etc 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 all these things um things could change so so much nick uh we could harvest our own weed and then have it weighed once it's cured before it's trimmed and they take it and boom it could be totally totally different i mean we we really don't don't know exactly how it's going to change um but they're gonna you're just gonna pay fees and hopefully people are going to be able to to with their loved ones and their friends and their business partners come together and figure out how to make it work to afford those fees and stay in the business and start paying taxes and hopefully we can like put our money in our bank accounts safer eventually these changes are going to be huge but here here would be a question to you if let's say that it doesn't pass do you think humboldt county the emerald triangle will be any more ready in 2012 or do you think they'll just keep on doing the things the way they do if it doesn't if it doesn't pass this coming up election yeah um well well uh i think progressive people that are looking towards the future and like you said the people that are really into cannabis they believe in cannabis as both uh medicine and as a recreation and they're in it i believe those people hopefully will start materializing um some sort of progressive movement to hey look we need to get our act together we need to have some some representation you know we need to have some groups we need to to get together and and do this and and maybe maybe when i say representation i mean um proposing to our our, uh, elected officials and and putting them under the button and saying how are we going to legislate and how are we going to make sure that we don't get left behind that we actually succeed that the people that have been doing this for 30 years i'll tell you you i'll tell you the answer to that those people up in the emerald triangle had better not from day one try and make it hard for people to produce cannabis legally right they need it they want everything to keep going as normal as it, it Business as usual, except yeah. now you can easily get a, a, a commercial license or you can piggy bank on your friends and they're not going to be looking into it all crazy or whatever. But they don't want 
everybody to stop growing cannabis. I mean, that cannot be the goal of the government in 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 the Emerald, any of the governments in the Emerald Triangle. Right. They have to want to keep these people that love this and do this to pay oh, yeah. for their living in this oh, yeah. business. And if they're like, well, what we're going to do is we're only going to allow six indoor facilities and eight farms and da-da-da-da-da. They're going to screw it all up for everyone, and that is the choice of the local governments. Prop 19 gives them the chance, and it gives us the chance to show up when they start debating these things. Some sort of structure for that. And make sure that they make it to where we can keep living and to where we can build our businesses out of this and start conglomerating with each other and start off with 75 companies, and then it'll turn to 25 companies, and then it'll turn to three companies from our area or whatever eventually. But – Hopefully, we all have created an infrastructure over the t- two, five, ten, fifteen years, however long this process takes to to create. And, and I mean, and to, there's gonna be so many micro grows, micro groups, yeah. this, that, the other. I just, I just can't see. I can't see. Here's one thing: if it doesn't pass into 20, this year. I don't think we'll be any more prepared by 2012 because we live in an area where everyone is used to working for themselves and they are, and they love what they do and they kayak and they have their own schedules and they have their own shit and they do their own things. And people talk about coming together and changing and, and figuring this out, but it just hasn't happened. And, um, and, and I know that, that this, this initiative kind of did come up kind of quick. And now we're here, yeah. and we've been barely talking about it for a year. And it seems like it's pretty much overnight almost. I mean, it, personally, it seems like it's, you know, it, it's like right here. It's on our doorstep, and 20, what are we going to do? No one's prepared. And I, I maybe you know, maybe that people won't be prepared in 2012 and, and uh, are, are, yeah, you know. Um, did, you, did you say they kayak? Yeah, I was in in snowboard and play baseball and tennis and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, the the lifestyle is an interesting lifestyle because we grow weed indoors and indoor weed has to be grown at night. So it's not like traditional America where we get up and work from eight to five. It's not the way that it works, you know, so it's different. Um, But then there's other aspects of the business that they're taken care of by individuals where there is daytime, lots of daytime work. But um, you know, it's just different, and that was that was what I was <laughs> getting at there. And that we 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 enjoy our lifestyle, and we get really stuck and 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 comfy in what our lifestyle has provided for us. Well, and, I I, per- I personally would would like to see more more unity and more uh, more working together, more more groups, more conglomerates. You know, more uh, cooperatives, as uh, so to speak. You know, everyone. Sure. Everyone around here is all about local and unity and working together. And I believe because of the non-legalized and the black market is, is, is one of the main reasons why people will not work together or will not, you know, it's not on the surface. If this does pass, maybe that would make everybody, you know, get out, get outside of themselves and, uh, and work together a little more. You know, that, that would be a positive. I mean, sure. I, I think we have to. I think that that's yeah. an, an, an inevitable adaptation. Together, the smart ones will. Together, you're going to get passed up. Definitely, you know, I, yeah. I, I believe. Definitely, and that's why I say urge once this, if this passes, which I think it will, just like you, 
You've got to show up for the political process in your own counties and cities. And I mean, you have to show up every time and you have to have something to say and you have to be organized and you have to make sure that they understand, don't fuck this up. We have so many people here who care about this. We've been operating in a black market for a long time. We need time to adapt to a legal market and you need to help us find a way to do it. And I think the way to do it is to allow us to continue cultivating and processing the same way that we're doing it, but then set up distribution companies. And the distribution companies are the ones that go and fight for our rights to have retail um, retail share throughout the state. And that is just so important. And if we don't don't make sure that our government makes that the what happens, they could fuck it up. But then it'll be our local government that fucks it up. It's not it would be. It you, would be. And, and 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 we'll throw them out and we'll try to stick with what we're doing and, and it, it's just it's it's exciting, man. Gets me all. So what if? Well, so let's let's say. Gets me all excited. Let's get hypothetical here and say it doesn't pass, and uh, maybe a plan would be to uh, incorporate the dispensaries, the current dispensary model, keep that intact, and then maybe incorporate a retail, a, a legality retail, to where it goes from not everyone needing a 215 approval to being, hey, I'm a California resident. I could walk into this already established dispensary. I mean, what, what would you think about that? Well, one thing is you're not even going to have to be a California resident under Prop 19. You're just going to have to have legal right. proof that you're over 21. Um, uh, which brings... that's, another, that's another thing that I have a problem with right there. Just what you said is why over 21? Uh, like if we it's really because believe we're in this, I mean, well, I mean, eighteen—it's eighteen-year-olds to kill. You know, you could go kill yourself in Iraq. You could go buy a pack of Marble Reds and kill yourself. So why? It's a compromise. Why? It's a compromise. Yeah. It's yeah, a compromise. It's, it's just making it similar to alcohol. It's a compromise. To, so, so that's a compromise to get what um, people sitting on the fence, like uh, no, to make know, sure that the average, people are huge people yep. who don't understand. They're like, well, okay, I guess I don't want my eighteen-year-old to smoke, but once he's twenty-one, that's okay. Totally, it's weird that that's the accepted norm in society, but it is. It's You're right. Strange. Why can you be yeah. drafted to go kill and be killed, but not drink a beer? You know, and, and, doesn't make any also, sense to me either, Nick. It really does. And doesn't. also, the, I believe it is written into the proposition. Correct me if I'm wrong that uh, it, it would, you wouldn't be able to smoke in the presence of minors yeah. as well. Right. Yes. Uh, I believe they know, said what, that what, was a felony. What kind of message is that? Let's just, you know, I'll, let's just put everything outside. And so what kind of message is that showing? It's like, okay, it's okay. Sure. You know, we're going to tax the shit out of you. I'm okay. Bottom we're gonna line is we're going to tax the shit out of you for it. But you can't smoke it in front of your kids. You can't right. smoke it in front of minors. But they because, can't regulate uh, that fully. They can only regulate that in public places. They're not going to be able to regulate in it in your house as much. I mean, they currently don't. You, if, if, if it's a big issue, you can still protect your rights with 215 if, it, if you absolutely need to. It's a right. – it's a that's a honestly that is my least favorite part of the entire bill and is me what too. had me holding on to yeah. potentially voting no for a long time uh, but it's just another incremental thing that we have to change and that may be so they, regulated they, further they, they, legislated they, further over time I, you know more those, guidelines those, those are going to have to be more specific those, those stipulations right there I think we could all see that uh, th those are written in for you know um, 
the non-smoking mom and dad yep. who, oh, you know, pot right. doesn't bother me. I don't. I choose not to smoke it. But you know, it's good that an 18-year-old can't get it, or that the the youngsters aren't exposed to it. You right. Know? Um, right. But that's... I see. Personally, you know, I think we all see that's bullshit. That's. That's unfortunately bullshit that uh, that's yeah. written in my class. It is, but I mean, two fifteen isn't perfect either. And we were like, if Holly, no. fucking Luya, you know. So yeah. I mean, that's the that's the politics of policy creation. Yeah, it's, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, what, what, with this rush to legalization for retail, I hope it doesn't follow the model of of big big business uh, alcohol. You know how how we've how we've pretty much made that it's like oh it's okay to drink but you know make sure little johnny doesn't pick up a beer you know when he's five or something like that you know make sure uh you know we don't put this billboard of of um you know somebody having fun and drinking in front of a school i mean you know but just the way that big alcohol is portrayed you know with all of these anti-drinking um anti-drinking uh ads uh, anti you know drink responsibly you know uh, you don't like how, that how i don't like that no oh. no i don't like that i don't like that you're in the um, minority you're in the vast minority when it comes to that most of us believe that we should be curbing alcohol use i mean it's just a, well i'm not saying i'm not saying curbing alcohol use i'm saying so do we do we let this do we let cannabis go you know, go that way? Or do we let cannabis go that way to where it's in your face being, spo- you know, sponsored, uh, you know, sponsoring the, the Sunday game by not Bud Light, but by uh, Chronic Light, you know? Um, <laughs> you don't, so do you, have, you don't, so you, you have a major issue with corporatism. I have a huge major issue with corporatism mm-hmm. in America, as I think any right-minded individual would. Sure, we all do. We all—I mean, we all can. I mean, the right and the left, everyone in the middle, everyone, everyone does. And and uh, I, I share your concern, Jamie. You share it big time. The establishment oh, out of control sometimes on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we can't. In our world, we can't, yeah, we can't write laws that make it illegal for corporations to compete in an industry. We cannot write this law to where it guarantees that Humboldt County can continue to have a monopoly on the marijuana industry. It's just... Oh, yeah, I'm not not saying Humboldt County having a monopoly on on the the marijuana industry. Uh, I'm I'm just saying... Having ushering in legalization really quick and just giving the opportunity to big to big business and big money to come in and swipe up it's the already, market. Isn't it happening up. already? And even in just a two fifteen economy? Yeah, you know, I guess I guess you could say it is happening in the two fifteen economy. People that have uh, money to invest in in the you know quote unquote not for profit two fifteen market <laughs> yeah. and set up a dispensary. <laughs> Right. Right. And and not Uh, just dispensaries, dude. Like, I mean, I see it on all levels of the business. I see the people with the money in in any business. You have this issue. 
the people with the money have a competitive advantage. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, it's capitalism. Sure, sure. And yeah, in this industry, sure. the way that it's happened is they've started to partner up and buy in on these dispensaries. They've started to make the biggest, best dispensary on the block. They're the ones that can yeah. pay the lobbyists to make sure that the new city ordinances are written so that their place can exist or because they know of a place that they're going to be able to rent that'll fit in the ordinance and blah, 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 blah. And they have the money and they have the resources and they put the people on it and they can network the way they need to because they have the time and the money to do it. And they do that from that level. And then they do it from the growing level too. They go out there, they have the biggest farms, the best plot of land, the most high tech stuff, automated light depths, huge ones, lots of greenhouse, great land, great projects, great tons of people working for them, pay them great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have the best quality, the most that, that gives them another – so they use their competitive advantage to create another competitive advantage. And then even on the brokering re, the brokering end of it, those with the money can come in and they can say, you know what? Fuck that. I'll pay you 2700 You get me 100 pounds, I'll pay you 2700 a pound instead of, of 31 And I just yeah. knock the price down 400 bucks, and that's how much to you people? $400,000 to you people or what – or, you know, over time it just it – just, multiplies the people with the money have a competitive advantage the people with the money buy the most weed at the lowest prices they grow the most weed they grow the best weed and they they end up hit hit hooking up and and being able to get in on the retail thing and unfortunately we have i mean there's it's people the, the smaller people can't get together in numbers in any business to create models that compete with those things. And if we up here in the Emerald Triangle can, can figure it out and, and get come together, we can make some sort of model that can compete with those things. Um, but yeah. I, don't know, I don't think you can stop corporatism as far as like advertising and marketing goes, dude. There's just freedom no, of speech, no, dude. I, I, I agree with you there. And I think maybe with, uh, with this ushering in of it, you know, next month, you know, that, that obviously puts... Uh, puts an advantage into people with, with a lot of money to invest. Definitely. Maybe if, if it if it didn't pass for another two, four, six years, maybe it would be a little bit better for you know, for the smaller business, the smaller grower people have an opportunity to create cooperatives or, you know, work it gives, together. You know, it gives you time. I, I can emphasize, I can emphasize with the, the smaller growers, but you gotta understand that this is becoming a business in a legitimized industry. It's oh, just yeah. like any other startup industry ever. You know, only so oh, many people are going to be able to get to in the there initially. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get some investors, got to get some backers, that's for sure. I got, we, we got to wrap this up, buddy. We got to fit it in a time slot. I've got one last question for you, and it's a hard one. You going to vote a yes or no on Prop 19? I think I'm going to vote yes. And yeah. uh, the reason the reason why is because just get it out, you know. You can't. The one thing that I that I am a realist about is that change. You can't stop change, you know. And um, mm-hmm. the sooner we get it out there, the the quicker we're going to be able to to make an impact. I think. And uh, you know, you legalize it, and it'll force people to to actually get off their asses and and make some actions. Nick awesome. from California, I appreciate oh. that you use your neurons to think absolutely consciously in the, in the conscious brain, the conscious mind. What do you think? Ding, ding, yeah, ding. Uh-huh. We, we, we appreciate the realism. We've been trying to connect with uh, your sentiment for a while. It's good to hear it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've it's trending. More and more of the people that I know in the industry that were saying no six months ago are saying yes today, and. Um, 
that's where we're at. So it's going to be interesting. It's coming up 22 days away. Nick, we appreciate it, man. We'll have to talk to you again sometime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and keep up the good work. All right, cool. Yep. Thanks, Nick. Peace. You know, that was a really interesting conversation to have on this especially interesting day. Why is it so interesting? Today? Yeah. Oh, because, dude, it's, it's October 10th, 2010. 10, 10, 10. Right? Yeah. That's cool. It's also interesting um, because I got an interesting question for our listeners uh, regarding the Napa Valley of weed, right? You know, everyone oh. knows what Napa Valley is, Sonoma Valley. Sure. It's where our wineries are. Right, where all the wineries are. And weed's kind of similar to wine. It's, it's, it's hard. We've talked a lot about whether we should compare it to beer, we should compare it to alcohol, to wine industry, or what. Well, obviously, since it's grown, there's going to be some places that probably grow fields of it, then process it and prepare it right there on site. And they may have, you know, they may have, you know, hotels or, or like, little cottages for people to stay in and, you know, bud, you know, you know, like a vapor lounge or a smoke lounge or whatever, where people can go in and test and buy their ounces or whatever. Um, where's it going to be? Where's the Napa Valley of weed going to be? Is it going to be in Napa Valley? Is it going to be in the mm-hmm. central Valley? Is it going to be Humboldt County? Is it going to be Mendocino mm-hmm. County? Mendo. That's what I'd I'm guess. Guessing. It's close enough um, to, to the Bay area, but, but also mm-hmm. far enough to way to where it's kind of rural and outskirt sort of things. That, that'd be my guess too. I think Mendo, that'd be my guess. But what do you guys yep. think? This is my question to you. So if you know California and you have an opinion on this, please send it in. Let us know what you think. So the question is, where do you think the the Napa Valley of weed would be? Yes. Yep. Good question. What do you think? Where do you think it'll be? Um, Berkeley. City of Berkeley has, uh, we're getting closer to the election. City of Berkeley has two ballot measures on um, uh, on the November ballot that are in regards to medical marijuana. Um, let's see. The first one would be to allow the city to license and tax six cultivation facilities. Um, it's called Measure T. It would license six 30,000 square foot growing facilities and allow a fourth dispensary to operate in the city. Um, and then Measure S would place a 2.5% tax on medical cannabis and um, a 10% Tax on non-medical cannabis if Prop 19 passes. Interesting sort of way to kind of take on uh, the, the, you know, take on the Prop 19 thing before it mm-hmm. passes. Um, and uh, annual city, the city attorney says annual city revenue from medical cannabis alone would total more than $400,000 for Berkeley. Um mm-hmm. Interesting stuff here. Uh, there's there is some some critics of the two point five percent tax on the medical cannabis, saying, "Well, medical cannabis is quasi prescribed, and if it's a prescribed medicine, um, prescri- prescription medication does n- does not get taxed." But this is one of those things we've talked about time and time again. Is it prescription or is it recommendation? It's not really a prescription, is it? Medical cannabis? It's not. It's not. I mean, you go in and then you have an over-the-counter sort of experience, but you have to have the recommendation beforehand. So it's it's an interesting debate because over-the-counter over-the-counter medication does is subject to sale tax. So mm-hmm. is cannabis? What is it closer to, a prescription medication or a over-the-counter medication? I believe, personally, that cannabis should be treated more like an over-the-counter uh, medication mm-hmm. to, to most extents because it's so non-toxic for people that, that, that you can safely medicate hundreds of different common ailments and diseases with cannabis. So for me, mm-hmm. for me, it should, you should have the right to use it like 
Tylenol if that's how you choose to use it and you don't need it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you should still, you know, you should still let your doctor know, hey, I, I use cannabis. Um, but I think you should have the right to to do it. Absolutely. How you, you know, there's want. A, there's a lot of talk about if aspirin was to go through the FDA process um, today, it, it, it probably would not get approved. Really? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it never really went through that process. It process didn't exist then whenever we started using aspirin. It never was, uh, was really qualified in the way that a lot of other medications are. And uh, there's a lot of stuff available. If you go online and check out, uh, you can Google that and find out. And um, a lot of uh, professional pharmacologists and people, uh, uh, what do you call them, guys, the uh, uh, pharmacists, they... Uh, they're saying and pharma, pharma, pharmacological researchers that have actually worked for uh, the pharma uh, companies, pharmaceutical companies, have said, you know, they, they really don't think so, that it would get approved if it were to go through that process um, today. So, yeah, I think it should be, it's definitely not only should it be treated over the counter like aspirin is, but it's, it's on the safer side of aspirin. Yeah, right. I mean, we have confirmed deaths yearly from aspirin and from time from better believe it. and none from cannabis at this point. So, um there's a big difference there. That's uh cannabis is uh really not that really in my opinion, not that huge of a public safety issue. And hey, we it looks like you got a speaking of public safety, you got a little story here on public safety too, don't you? California. Yeah, this is cool. You can check this out on uh yesson19.com. Um this is a pretty cool thing. You can uh you can uh, sign in and uh, endorse this letter. This uh, law enforcement officers uh, wrote this letter. They say control and tax cannabis to protect public safety. And uh, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing through, but it uh, it starts out to the voters of California. And they actually wrote this thing. I'll read the first paragraph. It says, as police officers, judges, prosecutors, correction officials, and others who have labored to enforce the laws that seek to prohibit cannabis, uh, marijuana use, and who have witnessed the abysmal failure of this current criminalization approach, we stand together in calling for new laws that will effectively control and tax cannabis. And they said, uh, as it goes on to say, as criminal justice professionals, we have seen with our own eyes that keeping cannabis illegal damages public safety for cannabis consumers and non-consumers alike. We've also seen that prohibition sometimes has tragic consequences for the law enforcers charged with putting their lives on the line to enforce it. The only groups that benefit from continuing to keep Continuing to keep marijuana illegal are the violent gangs and cartels that control its distribution and reap immense profits from it through the black market. And it goes on. You can read the rest of the the thing. There's about, I don't know, six or six or eight more paragraphs. But uh, this is what it's you, it's signed sincerely. Mackenzie Allen, former deputy sheriff, Los Angeles to police, uh, police uh, sheriff's department, rather, I'm sorry, uh, deputy sheriff, King County Sheriff's Department, James Anthony, former community prosecutor, Oakland City office. And it goes down this huge list of people. There's a formers, huh? Form- All formers, right? Um, yeah, most of them. Yeah. Most of them. You know what? I have a, I have a criminal justice professor and uh, I, he's talking about our show. He really likes our show, he said. But uh, he said he'd like to make I, asked, I said, maybe you can make some comment, an objective comment uh, about something. We'll just have to find something that matters. So I think maybe I can ask him that. Uh, why is it that from 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 a, a criminal justice professional's uh, perspective, why is it that that law enforcement people or criminal justice people are are just Whenever they're retired, it seems like most of them are for, uh, are you know, against prohibition for the the legalization and for uh, decriminalization efforts. But when they're on the job, they're almost always against it. 
and maybe it can maybe it'll have something interesting to say. I'll I'll, uh, I'll check that out. We'll put that up on the next show. Uh, some sort of insider stuff there would be great to know, like mm-hmm. what they said. Like if they're like, look, look, I'm gonna murder your family if you <laughs> speak out against prohibition while you're. You know what they I say? Mean, they say I'm gonna help. I'm gonna make you have a heart attack worrying about how you're gonna feed your family because yeah, you're not it. gonna have this job anymore. Job you, security. That's, that's, if you wanna, yeah. yeah. If you wanna climb the ranks, you tote the line. If you wanna keep your job, you keep your mouth shut about the problems with prohibition because that funds a lot of our jobs here in the police force. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Stephen Cobine signed that thing. Uh, he was a retired uh, captain from Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. There's a couple other familiar names. Paul Gallegos, district attorney from Humboldt. He's on this list. Um, James Gray, of course, the judge that I talk about all the time. Um, there's a huge list of people. I couldn't possibly name them all, but these are all big names, big people that have serious, serious experience in the criminal justice and law enforcement uh, careers. So they know, they have some insight and they know what's going on. And a bunch of you'll notice are from Humboldt County and there's not many counties on the planet period that have experience enough with cannabis to know we know what's going on as much as those folks do the and capital of marijuana globally yeah and you can go here and sign uh, sign on to this as well. And, of course, if you're listening to this right now, then this link is available to you on our website at CannabisAgenda.com. Yeah, another link I'd like to mention um, regarding some some law enforcement people. Asa Hutchinson, former, former I believe he was big bigwig with the DEA, right? Um, yeah, Huge. he was. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't what was his title. I don't know what his title was. But he's a big wig, and he's former DEA guy, and he's still out campaigning and 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 talking against um against Prop 19 and against the legalization of marijuana. Uh, there's a a, a 40, 45 minute um uh debate between him and Alan St. Pierre. Alan St. Pierre is the head of Normal one of mm-hmm. my favorite guys to watch debate and listen to debate. He is eloquent, um, very, very, very well-spoken, intelligent, on point always. Um, this is yeah, a, he's got his ducks in the row. He definitely does. This is a 45-minute yeah. thing that's been just was uh, recorded on C-SPAN uh, two days ago. Uh, you can find it on the net. You can come onto our site and uh, and look for the link. You can just Google it if you need to as well. Um, but it's it's worth the look. It's There's three 15-minute segments, and I watched it yesterday. I highly recommend it. It's a little bit too long for this show, but uh, I, I recommend it to all of you out there who are interested in uh in, in, in Prop 19 and, and legalization efforts and, and the debate that's actually going on. So check it out. Moving out of Cali, moving on mm. to pot and party politics. This is an interesting thing here. So in 2004, uh, the, the, the George Bush campaign um, relied heavily on putting anti-gay marriage and gay adoption uh, um initiatives in states that were kind of swing states they did it in ohio and they did it in states that were swing states and what they were what their their theory was is that it'll bring conservative voters out to the polls which if it brings more conservative voters out to the polls in a national election year it'll help them in their senate house and presidential election campaigns well the democrats are jumping onto this as well with uh, by putting pollsters and party officials in, in, in charge of this, and they're looking at 2012, Obama's re-election year, big senatorial year, big House year, um, and they are considering, um, in in some way, helping put pot initiatives on the ballots in states that are swing states. So it's interesting, but we may see one party trend towards supporting 
this sort of stuff more. It's kind of a debate as to whether this strategy really works, but it seems mm-hmm. like the officials of both parties believe that it does, and they've used it before. Actually, so. we got a clip for this that I had uh, on the next segment, but we can play it right now if you guys oh, want you to hear do. it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. This is a fascinating topic, okay? Cultivating the pot campaign strategy for 2012. It is no secret that Democrats are hoping they can get young voters back to the polls. But now several politics watchers believe that in several of the swing states out there, reefer madness, if you want to call it that, may be the ticket to Democrats getting back to their chances of winning. Alan Combs is an expert on this subject. He joins me now. He is the host of the Alan Combs Radio Show. Expert. Oh, yeah, bring on the liberal to talk about marijuana. I get it. Okay. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. You get it. All right, All right Alan. This, this is fascinating to me because, you know, ballot initiatives rarely have a big impact on an election, right? Yep. Uh, but, yep. but in the beginning of this story that was in the Wall Street Journal this morning, they talk about a jogger who's running along in California, and she goes, uh, and they're signing a petition. Oh, wait, she stops mid-jog. She goes over. She yeah. wants to sign the petition uh, to say yes on Proposition 19, which would allow certain legalization and sale yeah. of pot for recreational use in California. Can this make the difference in races like Barbara Boxer and Carly Fiorina if people well, show up to vote on this? I think it can because it's going to attract independent, certainly libertarian. It's a very libertarian point of view uh, that you would legalize it. And look, these propositions have done, especially in California, that's, that state has led the way in terms of uh, using this method to get progressive ideas out and, and some change laws. So it could be a very good thing for Democrats, especially who may be able to attract independent libertarian voters. Yeah, and apparently there are poll- there's polling being done in other states as well, uh, in uh, Colorado, Washington State, Nevada, to see if they put these kind of initiatives on the ballot in 2012, could it help President Obama get reelected? Could it, could it make the difference uh, for him? It certainly could. It certainly energizes voters. It'll get certainly younger voters out. Younger voters tend to vote Democratic. Uh, that certainly is part of the Obama base. So, again, this could be something that helps going forward, especially if other states then jump on the California bandwagon and you see initiatives in other states, much like you're seeing. It's happening with gay marriage uh, in certain states. Some states start doing it. Other states follow suit. One state leads the way. California traditionally has been the leader in some of these social issues. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because it, what this brought to my mind was, was the 04 vote in Ohio when gay marriage was, was the ballot proposal that was on the ballot. It was one of the only times that I remember that it was really discussed as a real potential yeah. uh, deal breaker or deal maker. In right. Ohio, Bush won by, I think, 118,000 yeah, votes. Have Bill since says it's 108,000 votes. Sorry, We're going to figure that out. But it made a difference, perhaps. On that issue, things have changed a lot in the last six years. So, uh, again, I think we're seeing uh, uh, it's good for progressives, it's good for Democrats, and it's good for the country to, you know, it's also good for the budget in California, something like $1.5 billion added to the budget if they could uh, legalize and tax marijuana. Now, why do you think it is, Alan? Uh, You know, we looked at intensity, and it does increase the number of Democrats, according to the polls, who would turn out to vote. Among Republicans, go figure, it has absolutely no impact. Doesn't, they don't show up. They don't show up to vote against it. They don't show up to vote for it. Uh, it doesn't change whether or not they're going to go to the polls. Uh, it's the type of issue that people who have it on their radar screen are proactive about. If you're not thinking about it, you're not going to go and vote about it one way or the other. But it's something that libertarians and progressives, and this is where liberal I call myself sometimes a libertarian. This is where liberals and, progr- <laughs> and libertarians come together. That's what we call you, too, but only behind your back, like Alan. <laughs> 
<laughs> just kidding. Always good to see you, Alan. Thank, Thank you, you very Alan. much. Alan Collins at the Alan Collins Radio the, Show. <laughs> you're the redheaded stepchild of our channel here. We have to have you, otherwise we're just there's no way we can call ourselves fair and balanced. You're the token, the yes. token stoner guy. You're, you're, you're the liberal, so you must know about pot. <laughs> you're the pot expert. That's what we call you behind your back. Oh, I'm just kidding, Alan. We love seeing you around. <laughs> Fucking Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i uh, i have lost uh only on fox news only on fox news only on fox smoke weed <laughs> every day so yeah the dems they might they might come up because of marijuana what do you guys think you know, I can't believe that both political parties aren't jumping on this more than they are. I mean, they say it's a pol- political hotbed and this potential blowback they're going to get from supporting cannabis, but it's pulling 80-plus percent for medical, and it's pulling really high, at least around half or more, for, for recreational use. And, I mean, it, how is it a is – pro- the, the thing that, that, that I would point out the most is that the Dems, I would say, because pres- the president, President Obama, whenever he first started his term, his first uh, – well, yeah, this term, he, uh, he put that change dot. Uh, gov website up there to have people tell them what they thought was most important and and cannabis related issues were number one by a by a long shot and now the Republican Party for this election uh, cycle put did the same thing and asked people what should our agenda be and and by far uh, the Cannabis-related issues were the number one thing, and it wasn't criminalize it worse, make it a, a heinous crime, and life imprisonment. It was let's get this out here, and it was about legalization and, and you know serious decriminalization efforts. Now, do you think so that's because know. you think that's because that's really on the mind of the nation, or like um, we're really good at networking and doing this? We're getting really efficient. Well, you think it's doing. like, like, yeah, our people are like internet, really internet savvy, it's, and go on the websites and vote on the polls that did that. It's, I, I mean, that's just my guess, dude. I don't like know. inflating the results. Yeah, because we, you know, we know how important this is. I think we bombed that, like, you know, like nailed it, dude, and had a no, big. No, I don't effort. think so. You don't think so? I think, I think legitimate enough, uh, or big, big numbers of legitimate. Uh, People that people that legitimately feel this way are voting. I think maybe that there is some inflation involved in there as well, vote inflation. But I think that that there is also a huge amount of people that can legitimately, uh, you know, provide these kind of results. And I just think that people people want to change, and they're they're asking them for a change. I mean, that's a huge change in itself. Well, change was a, politics, so. right. They're asking people, "What do you guys think? What do you want?" That's but do you think he can that's, run on change again? Do you think that he can run unchanged legitimately? There hasn't been a hell of a lot of it, frankly. No. So I mean, I, I don't think that. I, mean, I think that's gone. Right. That was a one shot, you know. One shot. Deal. Let me get you all motivated. I mean, he even made me feel tingle, all tingly inside. If you, I mean, you know, I, I've given him a hard time because of his hypocritical stance on marijuana. Uh, but I don't. I, I, I genuinely think he's an intelligent and caring person, the president. And I voted for him yeah. then, and there's a very high chance I'll vote for him again. But. Now, getting away from from that, do you guys think, here's what they're talking about here. Do you think that the medical marijuana or legalization efforts on initiatives in swing states could be the ballgame for him? Do you think it could be potentially an issue that that actually really helps, really helps him become reelected? Potentially, yeah, I think potentially, but, you know, uh, just... I don't know how many times I've heard different clips of him in different places saying openly, no, and he kind of chuckles about it too, makes kind of mocks the whole idea. And he says, no, do I think that's a good idea? No. Legalization? No. Well, see, so. here's the deal. Here's the thing. He doesn't have to support it 
to get he's not trying okay so this is what i'm gonna they're two separate things mm-hmm. there's a marijuana campaign in this state an initiative for medical marijuana or an initial initiative for decriminalization or an initiative for legalization right he doesn't mm-hmm. have to speak to that at all he can go with his what he calls a uh, what does he say? What did he say? I have more of a, uh, a more of a kind of humanist perspective on it, and I just feel like if someone's dying, they should be able to blah 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 da, 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 da. But do I think it, there should be mom and pop stores all over the place? No, because we won't be able to collect the money. And da, da. I don't think right. that he's going to have to really get into it. What they're trying to do here is mobilize young voters to show up at the polls. So if you mm-hmm. if someone comes to the poll. Because they want to vote to legalize pot or decriminalize pot or get mar- medical marijuana, and they're a younger voter, um, there's a tendency that if they're coming for a national, I mean, they're coming and, and they're, hey, on the ballot too is the president, presidential election. Well, I might as well vote for that too, right? So I don't know that yeah, it, I don't know that Obama is going to link himself with this. I kind of feel like he won't, but I think what they're going to try to because because you didn't in 2004. Bush spoke to the gay marriage thing a little bit, and John Kerry drilled him, and it was some of the stuff where, where, where the, it got really weird in the debates. But I don't think uh-huh. that they're going to link Obama to being the head of this. They're just trying to mobilize younger voters and, and, and voters of color, and, um, and, and they believe that will help them. And it's kind of – it's very similar along the gay marriage thing in Ohio, which may have actually helped the Republican Party in Ohio. So I don't mm-hmm. know. That's, that's how I see it. But, yeah, it's – that's deep down knowing that the Obama campaign understands that and is using that angle. And then he can still sit there and with his like wishy-washy stance on marijuana, it, it, it kind of, kind of, you know, pushes me back a little bit. It's like, that sucks, dude. You know, like really sucks because it's just so hypocritical. Drives me crazy. You know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Whoa. We just took a smoke break. AK forty seven cross with Cinderella ninety nine tasty. What do you think, Matt? I think it's delicious. It's it's yeah. the first it's the first thing that I've had like that tastes anything like Cinderella ninety nine in years. Yeah, it's really hard to get those seeds now. I don't think you can find them anywhere. It's kind of difficult. I, you know, but it was a classic when it was around. Our, our friend uh, Bruce Weed, <coughs> he actually just acquired a, a cutting of. Cinderella 99. Uh, dude, I smoked some weed with Bruce Weed the that other was, day. That was from the Brothers Grimm, if I'm... Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And he had, some, uh, he had some sour grape. It was okay. It wasn't didn't knock my socks off. wasn't the best. He was all stoked on it. But he had a little nug of God's pussy. And, and he's going to get us an interview with the cultivator of God's pussy, uh-huh. who named it God's pussy. And apparently it's... The, it's there's, it's actually named a different strain, but he has a certain pheno of it that the, he just decided to name the, God's pussy. The vortex, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, and there's kind is. of some backlash against this dude uh-huh. for 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 you know talking about the big box in the sky. So are we going to get his side of the story? We're going to get his side of the story eventually, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So anyway, there's a awesome. little there's a little weed talk for everybody. Uh, I had some tef- technical difficulties here. My computer turned off, but uh, I think Uh-oh. you've got the next story, right? I do. Big money from the big Fed, spending money on big studies. The National Survey on Drug Use and Health. Uh, everybody's always anxious to see this one. It's from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, uh, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, Office of Applied Studies. Ah, 
maybe they could have added a few Jeez. more lines to their name. Um, <laughs> they do produce this. It's called the National Survey on Drug Drug Use and Health, Volume One: Summary of National Findings. These are the results from the 2009 National Survey. They have been recently posted. I believe uh, September, uh, just just in the last week or two. Um, this is interesting um, because you know we have the gateway theory, of course, and as we all all of us uh, cannabis uh, users and people that have used cannabis formerly, we understand that if you use cannabis, you're automatically going to go on to harder drugs. Well, so much for uh, so much for this theory, right? Uh, right. Well, it's the, guaranteed, though, guys. It's just the truth. We just smoked weed here, and we're moving on to crack in five minutes. You're, you're thinking about heroin? Uh, okay. Just, yep. It's gonna <laughs> deal. Already made the call. It's on the yeah. way. Yeah. Let me know how that goes. Yep. Um, this is interesting. Their findings. This is a federal government here, guys. Do I don't, I'm not going to read their whole name again, but you know that place I said. You just check out <laughs> Those the link. Dudes. And you can say their name yourself. Uh, figure two point six. Figure two point seven on these results that we will have posted on our site. If you're listening to this, they are on there now. Go check it out for yourself. Youth age twelve to seventeen and the age group young adults age eighteen to twenty-five both both trended upward for cannabis use. Both trended uh, just about no difference in hallucinogens and down on cocaine. So, so there's a negative gateway effect then. So you know what I didn't I didn't actually think of of, of it that way. Yeah, but the, you're, you're right. The that, more that pot does, you smoke, the less cocaine you do. The less cocaine you want. Well, because <laughs> yeah. why would you? I mean, if you're the type that wants to smoke pot, you probably aren't as into coke. I mean, they're like totally different sort of. Yeah, totally, there's no connection. Yeah, it's, no. The, the connection the connection is that it's illegal. I want to keep pointing this out. Yeah, people, there you go. The fact is, if you need to get cannabis in most states, then you have to deal with someone that doesn't care about regulations or anything like that. And there is a higher chance that if they're involved in something illegal, they may be involved in something else illegal. So you unfortunately have to run in circles with people that may have other drugs and be selling other drugs. So you go and you're exposed to people that are doing drugs if if you can buy your weed in a store show your id prove you're over 18 or 21 or whatever age we do then you don't have heroin right next to it potentially and that is to me and 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 i've seen in my own life you know like being being around in an illicit illegal drug trade has created this consequence and and it's it's just a consequence of prohibition it's not that you smoke (laughs) weed and then because you inhaled thc and cannabinoids uh now all of a sudden your brain has opened up its receptors and just cringes opiates and right it it sets up a very uh very dangerous environment as well because these type of drug dealers they don't care about you at all at all they care about dollars they call them benjamins and they want a big pile higher than they can see we we need we need to clarify here that we're not all there's probably some people that might fall into the drug dealer category that are listening to this show and we know that not all of you are bad people that have sold a little pot in the world you're not and and some of you do have your morals right and everything and and you're, you're you know a part of a of a a crazy injustice that's occurred to us for 74 years now. And um, it's time to separate pot from from other drugs. It's just right. time to be realistic right. and rational and, about it. You know, the nefarious ones, the dangerous ones, that is where they do dwell. You know, amongst that's a good thing that you pointed out. I'm glad you did point that out, too. I don't even know if half of the people that are that are that are we would call drug dealers. They have all kinds of hard and hard drugs and illicit drugs, you know, meth and heroin and all the bad stuff, you know, that 
that people equate to the gateway theory wrongfully. Um, not all those people are necessarily just, you know, evil trying to kill you type of folks. But but a great number of them, um, if this is ever going to happen, this is the places where they will adulterate your cannabis with other kind of substances because they want to turn you on to other things. They want you to go, wow, this was the great greatest weed ever. I smoked it. My whole body was tingling for four hours. That's because it wasn't cannabis. It was something else. So, you know, that's a big, uh, that's a big issue. Make sure you get pure cannabis. I think a lot of people probably have a negative uh, opinion about cannabis because of their personal experiences that were negative because they had adulterated cannabis and it wasn't actually just pure, pure marijuana. Well, oh, you it, mean it had the, the mold added? Yeah. The formaldehyde. They were smoking some formaldehyde or some yeah, crap like that. Yeah, or PCP or, you know, it's they sprinkle who knows what or, you know, put, adulterated <laughs> it with what have you, just something that was uh, powerful and and expressly not cannabis. Uh-huh. Damn. So, that sucks. That does suck. I couldn't imagine that. And then they're like, hey, what, you know, you really, what you really like is that PCP that we've been wasting this shit with. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, move on to the harder stuff. Man, these sound like some evil doers. These are evil doers. Excess of evil. Out with yeah. them. And, and <laughs> man, you know, um, uh, one of the things that people that get addicted to drugs sell drugs too and they right. get into it to fund their addiction and Try to keep surviving yeah, yeah. and um and and uh, people you know and here's the thing do people that are addicted to harder drugs smoke marijuana a lot of them potentially yes a lot of people smoke marijuana let's be realistic about this people a lot of people right. smoke marijuana and does that mean that 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 it's the marijuana that cause them to get addicted to heroin or to or to cocaine absolutely not i mean a lot of people that ha have guns and shoot people may smoke marijuana too but it does it's not what causes them to 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 do those actions they just happen right. to use marijuana and don't have their other shit wired right in their head and, that's and, right and, 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 and you know what you made a you make a really really great point there because I think that there there's a cloudy issue that exists um, with people get their their news they don't classify it all and you know categorize it in their minds they just take the news and process it consciously and subconsciously and oftentimes you have to take into consideration really good respectable uh, very strong. Family people use cannabis, uh, doctors, lawyers, professionals, all kinds of people on their own time, you know, probably, hopefully appropriately, they use cannabis. There's a lot of good, uh, uh, respectable individuals that do that. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that uh, rapists or, or heinous criminals don't use cannabis, too. The, the the problem that I'm that I have, and the thing that I want to point out is that so often I just heard of about a story. It was just a horrible story a couple weeks ago in Chicago where these guys went into this lady's apartment and one of them started uh, robbing her and one of them actually started raping her. And they found her they found her wallet on the uh, on the steps. Some of her neighbors did. And they said, well, that's not right. So they told some police officers and the police officers entered her home and they, they walked in on this guy. Uh, sexually assaulting her. And she said, help me. I don't know this person. And they went and got him off and they reported the story. And I'm thinking, oh, that's just, it's, it's heinous. It's so horrible. You know? And the thing they said, and, and I understand that the press, they're just supposed to list what they were charged with. But, but so often, far too often, uh, they, they list this thing, this, uh, criminal, uh, uh, what is it? I don't know. Entering your property illegally, whatever that is, um, and and aggravated rape and and possession of cannabis. 
They had weed. They had cannabis. And I think that they, that, that has a potential for guilty by association. And I think over the years of, he, of seeing all these stories where these people, you know, I mean, we're not saying that just because they use cannabis that they're going to be perfected and not do anything wrong or not be horrible people if they already are horrible people, you know, or, or, or lacking any kind of judge, good judgment, you know, but, but they, they might use cannabis too. And it has nothing to do with their activities or what's happening, you know, and, and that happens a lot. I think, I think it does. I think that people do this association because it's, it gives them this horrible vibe, that horrible feeling. I was getting it on this story and I'm conscious of this connection that people, I think I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that people make. And, and it still affected me that way. I'm like, why did it, why do they have to say cannabis? I mean, if they said cannabis caused them to do that or, or something, that's a different thing. You know, we can, we can, you know, argue that on its own, but they don't say that. They just slip it right in there that that's what was there. They didn't say, and had a, uh, an apple pie with him or, you know, had a certain brand of deodorant in his pocket when he got caught. I mean, <laughs> right. Uh, it, this this really upsets you. You've mentioned it. Uh, you just several have to be times aware. Over That's all. I understand that the argument is flawed to a point because they have to report what's going on, and if the police charge them with that, then that's. But then again, at that for that specific reason, that's another reason why cannabis does not belong in that arena with illegal activities the way that it currently is. Because yeah. it it's not associated with that. Maybe if this guy would have smoked some of some of what you guys are token on right now, he'd have stayed home and contemplated doing something else, or you know, who knows? Like maybe, maybe making like a cool podcast and 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 doing cool stuff. Hey, I heard yeah. some interesting brain stuff. They do that. that, that, that that's subliminal reefer madness that they're constantly trying to inter, to put into inject into everything. Keep you right. thinking yeah. about pot being crazy. Neuro linguistic <laughs> programming. So check this out. Whoa. Did you know? So what you just mentioned, Jamie. Gosh, you're such a smart guy. Subconscious and conscious okay. minds. There's two different things working all the time. Did, do you know oh, how a- much harder your subconscious mind has to work than your conscious mind? Your conscious okay. mind only like fires at like 60 neurons a second, and your subconscious mind fires at like 40,000 a second or something. You're constantly not worrying about the fact that you're holding your elbows like this, that you're shaking your head, that you're looking past a, a microphone, that there's a microphone right there as you're looking me in the eyes. And I mean, like, it just, it's so insane. So these subliminal messages can get ingrained in your head and if they become part of your unconscious mind forget yeah, about it they won over, you and over, over and over done done what if the media has already pre predispositioned you towards somewhat just even mildly a negative uh, opinion about cannabis, they even have. if it's not well founded, or you're not you're ignorant to any kind of truth or facts or, or details about it, you just kind of been led to believe it's just bad because that's what they tell you. Just and why because, would they lie? and I've been yeah. subconsciously thinking that for 25 years now. Why do I want to change my mind now? It's just yeah. So I think that effect is is very is is greatly uh, enhanced whenever somebody has a predisposition for a negative view of cannabis, <laughs> and then they go, oh my gosh. It just melds right in with that horrible feeling. I mean, I don't know anybody personally. I mean, thank God, I don't know anybody that at all would not only uh, appreciate or condone that type of activity that was in that report. You know, those guys raping that lady. But I don't know anybody that wouldn't be appalled by that and just go, "Oh, that's just, man." You know, they say some some you know sordid things about that individual, like you know, somebody needs to take that guy out and you know whatever. But of course, that's not the way the legal system works. I'm not advocating that. But you know what I mean? Their response would just be like, oh, that's just awful. Somebody it, needs to kick that guy's would, ass. I mean, they don't even do that with booze. And booze is associated with like, what, 
80 per, way up there percentage of, of, of oh, yeah. violent crimes. And every time that a violent crime occurs, they're not like, and he was drunk. <laughs> they don't do it. But then they add yeah. the, the little bit of marijuana in there. And you know what? Since we're on the topic here of talking about the you know, comparing booze and, and buds. Uh, we got a little clip here from uh, Gary Johnson on Stephen Colbert uh, talking about how marijuana is safer. And uh, this is interesting. Gary Johnson was the governor of New Mexico and is a potential mm-hmm. GOP presidential candidate for 2012. And he is, he's pretty, he's a pretty staunch pot advocate. Um, yep. So check him out. Fact change. We fact change with cigarettes. Can we check fact change with, with things like pot? Well, we make it unpopular. Uh, look, I, I just think that there should be truth in this. I don't, uh, I don't drink uh, alcohol, I don't smoke pot, but I've drank alcohol and I've smoked pot. And I can tell you there's a big difference between the two, and that is that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. So I think we can introduce truth into this whole equation. We can tell our kids the truth regarding this. And when it comes to the truth and my kids, uh, I, I love them. Um, I'd rather see them smoke marijuana than alcohol, but I don't want them caught when it comes to... I don't want them subject to the criminal justice system when it comes to marijuana. <laughs> I wonder how many parents are going to start becoming more... identifying with that more. Hey, do I want my oh, 16-year-old are. out smoking pot or drinking alcohol if it's an either or if you really have to bring it down to an either or the choice is clear and rational and Mm -hmm. it's weed dude like come on but i would never consider (laughs) cannabis an evil in any way shape or form i would never consider cannabis an evil i think it's a, a blessing and it's a positive thing all around i think we all agree on that but if you have to categorize it that way and i understand some some parents are rightfully biased against anything that they believe might potentially have any kind of detriment toward their children if you say it's a lesser of two evils hands down there's no there's just is no contest but his point nope. there of not wanting his kid i mean you know not wanting your children like say your kid is 21 and is old enough to do either marijuana or or um alcohol but they can legally do alcohol so there's a potential that at least if they're smart in the way they use alcohol they're not going to get in trouble but still alcohol is going to be a big still potentially be a bigger detriment to them socially and as far as their health goes Absolutely. So then you think, I, I guess I'd really, because I'm familiar with marijuana, I've used marijuana, I've educated myself on the politics and the health consequences and this and that around marijuana. Even though it's illegal, I'd prefer it if they just stay at home and smoke a doobie when they're done with their homework and blah, 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 you know? But then when his Absolutely. point there is, is, man, I don't want them to go to jail. I don't want them to get their lives ruined because of because of being busted a few times smoking weed. And I don't want that right. to affect them. And, and the reality of prohibition in the United States is it still does that to people. Less so in some states than others, but it can still ruin your life in California. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you don't know how many people I know that could, uh, that could probably catch a felony like that. And it's, it's like, you know, and, and then we have these people here like, oh, no, it's legal enough. We don't need it to be any more legal in California. Prop 19 is not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's da 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 it doesn't it doesn't provide the protections and this and that you know what it might provide the protections for some of the people that work in it that use it to a certain extent people can still get in trouble for marijuana all over the country and we and we have people that are trying to like portray it as it's already legal and it's good enough and and um that's just not the case man we have a long long fight to go and this marijuana is safer message is huge because it's the truth and like we tell you, once you learn the truth and once you think about it and you use those 60 
60 neurons per second to, to actually <laughs> think about it, it you, you can't turn away from it anymore. And it's, 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 it's a message that I preach. I, we love the book. Oh, by the way, we do have a book section on our, um, on our website, mm-hmm. cannabisagenda.com. You can click on the book section. Uh, it recommends some of the reads we've done. I'm reading a novel right now and, uh, we've read some stuff in the past, and if, if, if email us info at com with any book recommendations or or, or uh, you know any sort of movie rec- whatever anything recommendation wise that we could put in our in our media section there that'd be great. Um, this just mm-hmm. in, just to mention, guys, Mark Emery's still in a U.S. prison, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a freedom fighter. Uh, if you if you support him, please uh, check out the website. Maybe donate some money, buy a shirt, buy a poster, something. Support him. Listen to his, listen to the prison blogs. Learn about his situation. Um, we've talked about it a lot. I'm not going to go into detail here, but uh, we support Mark Emery, and I'm still just really bummed that he's in in a jail in the United States. That really sucks for him. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you what also really sucks. New Jersey clarifies their rules regarding the distribution of medical marijuana. This one is an interesting one. Did you take a look at this yet, Jamie? My gosh, what is going on in that state? Okay, so they are going to have four four dispensaries. Um, They were going to have six. Now they're going to have four. Um, If you want to get medical marijuana, you have to have one of nine ailments, I believe, and they're serious ones. And you have to have been seen by the same doctor for treatment for that ailment for at least one year. And you had to have seen him at least four times, him or her, four times. Mm-hmm. And that doctor has to be willing to vouch that traditional, traditional, how much more traditional can you get than marijuana? That traditional, right. meaning chemical medication forms of relief have failed. They have to vouch for you. So now you're like putting some sort of uh, liability on a doctor is what it sounds like to me. First of all, right. is they're seriously trying to make it to where a doctor is going to think twice about screwing this rule up. Because the part there where they're like, they have to vouch for you means they have to, they have to, to kind of like promise that other medications don't work and it's not just your choice that you want to use cannabis more and potentially show up in court for you too that all all sorts of bullshit i mean this is like just to just to get a recommendation in uh new jersey sounds like a headache um application and renewal fees are twenty dollars a year or two hundred dollars a year depending on your income level so they're going to base that that way so a doctor they can only charge you for the Applicant, I guess this is you apply to the state, the Department of Health and Senior Services, and right. that's who gives you your stuff, whatever, whatever. Um, patients can possess up to two ounces per month. That's it, which is most people know for people that need high doses of THC, that's not mm-hmm. enough for people that need really high doses. Um, right. And they have to go to these dispensaries, which are also called in, the, in the, this 97-page document, alternative treatment centers. And um, listen to this, dude. The state capped the potency of THC at 10%. Do you know how hard that... Um, dude, come on. Yeah. You're skipping out on like so many good weeds that are like at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14%. And then there's a grip of good ones that are between like 18 and 24% that are well worth it for people that need high doses. This is by far the most strict law for medical marijuana in the United States. How do you didn't feel? they uh did they did they uh limit the strains 
that you can use to three different strains? No. I know that was uh, that was one of the administration's ideas, believe it or not. That's what they wanted no, to do. No, what I... they limited it to are two. So there's going to be four dispensaries, right? And then uh-huh. there's going to be like two or three farmers for this entire thing, right? So all of it's going to be done by two or three people for the growing. So I think that the, as much as the growers, the growers will be in charge of filling the entire orders for the, for these dispensaries. And I would guess they'll get into the business of doing multiple ones, but you may be right. They didn't mention this, that, and this, and that would make it really screwed by limiting it to 10% has just limited a grip of, of strains, right? I mean, shoot, we've mentioned almost uh, two, several different uh, items in these, in these new, uh, rules that, that they've drafted that are that really to a point to some to the sickest individuals anyway uh, the people most in need of medical cannabis it's rendered it virtually inoperable for them I mean they really, they really can't it, it it doesn't function it's not going to work it's not what they need it doesn't it doesn't allow them to get what they need you know it allows them to get what some bureaucrats in the state of New Jersey decided they should get. And they're probably none of them pro medical cannabis in the first place. And this is a this was a, a state assembly pushed initiative that was signed by John Corzine his last day in office. This was not an initiative that was passed by. This was a piece of legislation, and right. uh, um, this is a this is a, obviously their stance here is what is similar to like what Barack Obama's stance is on marijuana on medical marijuana. It should be for people that. Only yes, that only it's other forms have failed. Da 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 da. We need to make sure that the prescription drug companies are still getting all their money before they've realized that those drugs don't work for them. Then marijuana, and only in this limited way where it's so easy for us to collect all the tax money and yeah. all the registration fees and blah 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 and da 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 and regulate, 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 regulate this really non-harmful drug, and it's just. It's just crazy to see that this is the way it's going to work, and and, and it, it's kind of people are going to be pissed off in New Jersey about the way that this works for them and how big of a pain in the ass it is for them to 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 get good quality medicine. It's it's really they got a lot a lot of fighting to do. And and, and another another hypocritical thing of this is you're talking about state. Now we're starting to get to the point where state legislators are starting to create laws, right? legislation to legalize medical marijuana yet still marijuana is a schedule one drug how does that work how can we how can the president of the united states this last week said this too how can the president of the united states admit openly marijuana has medical value not in those words but through the other through what he's saying he's admitting it but then not push to take it off of schedule one where is where 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 is the thin man there's something laying in that so deep that we don't understand something that they some inside joke they've got going on because i don't get it personally that's undoubtedly that's that has to be priority number one we need to get that rescheduling it's you know, so huge. We can't move forward. There's legislation pending in there that has been. There's been some uh, some earnest uh, representatives working on stuff for years now. Um, I know ASA, Americans for Safe Access, has been working on that. Um, uh, several other organizations. We just we really have to get this changed. Um, I think as time progresses here in the very near future, I would predict that it's going to come to a point where that's just going to be so blatant that it's like. 
it's like the house will be on fire and they'll be standing in front of it going, no flames here. Nope, not at all. And people are going to say you're blatantly bold faced lying to us and it's bullshit because you're our leaders. Right. You owe us more than that. At least you do owe us that much. You got to tell us, give us the, the straight scoop on what's happening here. Why, yeah. why don't they care as much about, I mean, why don't they make it just as restrict? I mean, they don't go out of their way to make it difficult for people to get Oxycontin. That's heroin. I mean, well, what's... they make it somewhat difficult, but not nearly that difficult. Not even close. Not even as close as, as difficult as it is to have to have marijuana. They make it. It's way more difficult to sell. Way more difficult to, to produce. Way more difficult to get a recommendation to get a pres- if they're doing prescriptions there. Maybe too might be. I mean, whatever. It's way. It's so much easier to get oxy than it is to 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 get weed, and and they don't make a big. St- they bear. I mean, for a little bit lawmakers started this thing about oxy but then they Mm -hmm. just let it go and they're like whatever it's pervasive anyone that needs it can get it and that's all there is to it and yet man we're still a long way from lettuce buddy long way from Mm -hmm. lettuce i've i've heard that oxycontin is a gateway drug Uh, have you I have. (laughs) (laughs) you know what i heard timmy i think someone let timmy smoke dude I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, your baseball guy? Man, we've talked about this before. Tim Lim. Okay, so uh, Major League Baseball playoffs just started, and my San Francisco Giants are tied 1-1 to in the series. Got a game later today. I'm stoked about it. And um, Timmy threw a masterpiece in his first ever uh, playoff appearance. Um, he is uh, three. This is his third year in the league. He has not made the playoffs yet. However, he won his Cy Young Award. Uh, both of his first two seasons, um, he was uh, busted for like a quarter ounce of pot and maybe a pipe or something in the state of Washington, slapped on the wrist last year, but he probably has not been smoking weed this year, trying to fly under the radar. And he mm-hmm. had a little bit, I mean, he still had the most strikeouts in the National League, but his ERA jumped a bit and his wins to loss ratio was, was, was knocked down some. He's still a dominant pitcher, one of the best in the league. Obviously, he's young. Yeah, he's the uh, reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. Two, two in a row, dude. And they call him the freak. And uh, dude looks like a guy you would sit down. You'd like see him at a concert, and you guys would smoke a bowl together, and he'd be nice to you, and you'd get along well with him. And, and he's a really good pitcher, and he had his first ever playoff appearance uh, just the other day, and he threw a nine-inning shutout masterpiece, 14 strikeouts, 10 of them swinging. Big time, dude, nailing people with his changeup. I mean, 10 strikeouts, swinging strike, that's huge, huge. Usually you get that kind of number because you've got the umpire giving you a couple inches off the plate or a couple inches up or a couple inches down. He's getting, he was fooling people. Masterpiece. Two-hitter, brilliant, one nothing victory for the Giants. Pitching duel going on between the Giants and the Braves. Check it out. Baseball has started. I really didn't pay a lot of attention until now. But tell you what. Mm-hmm. I wish I was in Hawaii watching the watching the playoffs. That would be sweet. Yeah, you'd be in a good company. The medical marijuana patient rosters have risen significantly. Um, the number of med- medical marijuana patients in Hawaii skyrocketed more than three thousand percent over the past ten years, leaving the state's top narcotics enforcement officers questioning just how many of those patients actually need the drug. Of course, they're going to get into everybody's business now and go, "Wait a minute, headaches? How how often? Headaches? How bad?" Well, how do these headaches make you feel? Let's make sure you really need to have something that makes you feel better. You know, um, this is a this is pretty much every state that has a medical marijuana law. The the numbers grow on how many people are applying to be able to use um, cannabis medicinally. 
Well, I don't know why that's any any surprise to anybody else, but you know, Hawaii is no different, and it's growing. They say uh, out of these people, they claim. Um, well, not they. This is actually the State Department of Public Safety Narcotics Enforcement Division Chief Keith Kamita says uh, last Wednesday that today more than 8,000 people uh, statewide hold medical marijuana license. Of those, just 2% suffer from cancer, AIDS, Crohn's disease, and other de- debilitating ailments for which the legislation was intended to target. Um, and he goes on to say about, you know, people with severe pain are full of it and they don't really have problems. And they do point out a couple of things where people were complaining of uh, pain from wearing high heels or dry skin and things like that. But, you know, well, maybe there's some other cannabis product they could rub on their heels and make them feel better. And maybe, you know, using smoked or ingested cannabis, if, you know, is not the best idea for those ailments. But, you know, it's, it's more of the same from Cal, uh, from uh, Hawaii. And our friend from uh, Hawaii always, uh, Bud, he... He always sends us uh, good insight into what's going on Mahalo. there, and it seems like uh, he's right. You know, it's the, the surprising thing about this story and the reason that really makes it kind of relevant right now is that Hawaiians have voted to make this the lowest law enforcement priority, and yet they're still constantly getting hounded. And as Puna uh, pointed out to us in one of his emails a couple uh, of shows ago, they say that that they're not going to you know be doing those uh, eradication efforts in in the way that they've done before, but you know it's it nothing's really changing all that much. They just Man, don't advertise it anymore. They use crazy crazy technology in Hawaii to stop outdoor growing. They they use yeah, this like they've got it really mapped on a grid, don't they? they? They yeah, they use this really really expensive high tech stuff that we mostly just use like one time over on most places to get like uh, to get. Uh, an idea of what kind of vegetation grows over large spaces and stuff so that we can sort of, you know, have data on what kind of plants are where and blah, 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 blah. But it's really expensive Mm -hmm. and they don't, it's not like they just constantly monitor the same areas with it and everything. And I believe what happens is like a helicopter flies over an area, uh, this machine scans it, sends a signal back up to a machine and then can notify them when they've, when it's, when it's, located cannabis so they're not even like doing it with their eyes as much this is what i've heard uh puna but if that's that's what you've heard let me know maybe maybe i'm off on that but i know that's what i've been told about the technology they use in hawaii and you know what sucks about this the way they're getting hounded over there is in hawaii hawaii is a place where you could really could grow your own. Now we all know that consumer products come out. And not everyone wants to grow their own lettuce. They just people buy lettuce <laughs> at the store, dude. They do, you know. You and um, so that's you know in, inevitable that any consumer product is going to be consumer driven eventually, and it will be a, a, a commodity, a market commodity. And but in Hawaii, it would be so easy to grow your own medicine. You have two full outdoor cycles in Hawaii, and so you do your three, four, five plant, nice size outdoor plants, each a different strain, and boom, then you've got your six months worth of medicine. I mean, it it just sucks that it's being hounded the way that it is and that they're still dealing with this, even though they've made it clear they want medical marijuana. They've made it clear they want marijuana to be lowest priority crime, yet mm-hmm. they're still having to fight. And that's 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 where we're at with everything. You know, it's the same, yeah. same thing. That's what's going on still here, here in the Northwest. Um, we're going to move on to pot in the Pacific Northwest. Oregon is voting on Prop 74, 
this coming up election, which is an election, which is a, an initiative that would allow um, state-sanctioned uh, dispensaries to open. Um, they would be nonprofit dispensaries, I believe. Um, mm. And uh, it's uh, this is a big deal. I believe they've tried this before in Oregon, right. and they've had issues. They did not did not pass the time they tried it before, and, and that, that's been like four years, maybe six since they tried that. Mm. Um, there's currently about. Uh, normal estimates about 2,400 dispensaries in the United States, and they're all located in uh, California. Most most of them are in California, Colorado, and Montana, and I believe some stuff's starting to happen in Michigan as well. But um, this is a huge deal for Oregon, and a big debate's going on. And I, you know, I could talk to, I could get people. We we might have an interview with someone in a minute that would be able to to tell their their reasoning behind this. Uh, they like the local pot dealer. They like the black market pot dealer because it keeps it keeps it to where um, there's no choice. You know your guy that has your pot, and yeah, right. Like they know, <laughs> and and they get to keep their job basically, job security, not having dispensaries. Um, so there's people on in the on the industry side that don't want dispensaries. Uh, however. Um, even in the industry, the majority of people want dispensaries. And um, it's because, it's like I was just saying, it's a consumer product. Um, and once there's a consumer product, people don't want it. They want to be able to go and purchase it. They want to have options. They want to, They like to window shop. These are just things that people. These are just things that people want. They want access. They want to go somewhere safely, be able to purchase their medicine, and move on with themselves. And this is a big deal in in, in Oregon. They're really debating this. this. I don't think. I don't think this is going to be a landslide. I think it's going to be very close. And uh, and I think that it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how it kind of shakes out. But um. Uh, you know, wash if once you have Oregon, you've got three states in a row. They all have pretty pretty good medical scenes, and all including dispensaries. So the entire West Coast basically is is dispens is has dispensaries up and down it. Once Oregon goes this route, so I'm personally supporting Prop 74. So that's what's going on in Oregon. Uh, looks like we're moving to Washington for a little Pacific. Northwest pot. Going news. to Spokane, Washington. I know there's probably a lot of really positive things going on there as well, but this story, unfortunately, is not one of them. Another goofy shooting. Uh, I don't know. Arguably very wrongful. We'll see. See what you think about this one. I know there's going to be an ongoing investigation into this, no doubt. Um, during a police raid, uh, a, a pregnant unarmed woman was shot during a drug raid in Spokane on Friday morning, and she remained hospitalized late last night as the investigators tried to piece together what in the hell just happened. Um, a Washington State Patrol Detective Sergeant shot the woman, who, according to the sheriff's spokesman, is 39 weeks pregnant, while serving a search warrant at her apartment. And uh, they had tips that they were, they were looking for illicit substances. I think there was uh, a list of cocaine and other things, as well as marijuana and uh, possible weapons. They didn't find any weapons at all. There were no weapons at all. They did find some substances in there. I believe cannabis was one of them. And uh, they were trying to restrain the woman, and she was trying to get away from her. She's trying to jump out of a window, I think, and they were trying to restrain her, and they shot her because, you know, they were just in such Because they were trying to save her life from jumping out of the window. Yeah, they offered uh, no further details about why the detective used deadly force, which law enforcement officers are trained to use if they believe their lives in danger. But no one was really able to say just exactly why or how um, these officers were their lives were put in danger by uh, um, pregnant 
woman, unarmed woman that yeah. was jumping out of a window. She subsequently fell out of the window and was injured there. She had a, a injury on her torso, upper torso. From Did she live? Thing. Did she live? You know, yeah, she, she lives. She's in the and hospital. What about it was her a baby? Minor injury. What about her baby? Yeah, so far so good. It was oh. all uh, relatively minor injury, but you know that just uh, the reason that we we don't like these stories either. None of us do. But the reason that we report on them is just to keep this in people's minds that this stuff does happen. And and the big thing you want to remember is this is just one instance in one city, and these things happen all over the country all over the country and they don't get reported and they just go by and time goes on and you know nobody talks about it so so this is the kind of nonsense we want to go kind of shut down permanently but anyway yeah. that's yeah. my happy note for the day let freedom ring let it ring <laughs> hey yeah I, stop shooting pregnant <laughs> please by all means um <laughs> all right paraphernalia news for today not news this is just uh just some tidbits on paraphernalia haven't done it haven't talked much about any sort of paraphernalia so uh-huh. um hey first thing if you don't have a grinder get one <laughs> get your grind on dude <laughs> you need a grinder um it makes it so much if you're into smoking doobies it's so much easier to get your weed prepped uh and and grinded so that you can roll good doobies it's step one in the process in my my opinion so get one um one of the things that i ran into when i got grinders is i always get upset with them because they'll eventually they'll get a little bit of uh, flour or key for resin stuck up in there and they'll stop being able to um spin as easily well hopefully right that means you've got good sticky buds going on sure or you just used it (laughs) and used it and used it and um or both and um uh, one of the things I found is once it, it, a lot of grinders, you'll really, really get to a point to where you, you can't grind it at all. And all you got to do is like, take, you know, open it up, take your weed out, um, scrape as much as you can with a blade or whatever that you can find and you feel safe to scrape with. And then just add like a tiny bit of olive or vegetable or corn oil or some sort of oil to the grinder, especially if it's metal. Have you tried this on plastic yet? Yeah, it works on plastic. Like, works yep. on plastic too, um, and um, uh, just and get it in there, and then you know, with no weed in there yet, work it until it's all kind of oiled up, lightly oiled up, and then you know, throw some weed in there, and that oil is not going to kill you for the first few joints you do. It's just you eat it and everything. It's um, who knows? I don't even know if it'll affect the cannabis at all, but. You should try that. It fixes a lot of problems, and I didn't know that for a long time. I was always pissed off at grinders. So, but yeah, <laughs> get your grind on. If you don't got a grinder, get your grind on. Mm-hmm. Um, and papers. We've uh, uh, we've been trying to find you know our favorite papers forever. And we live in California, and we have access to a lot of like local independent places, head shops, et cetera, that have different unique papers that you don't get at the gas station. Um, however, a lot of you out there do not have that. Um, so if you don't have it or if you just need the convenience, uh, we, uh, Matt and I have had a lot of luck lately with zigzags, 1.25 ultra thins. It's really? a fine paper. It's a really nice paper <laughs> available almost yeah, anywhere. You can go in the corner, uh, gas station and, and find the zigzag ultra thins. Blue they, anywhere, and silver package. I think anywhere that carries zigzags, they have the ultra thins and, and, and they're, they're, they're they're really good. Yeah, if you don't I, if if you don't have access to a good you know a, a head shop or something where you can get the papers you really want, these right. are these are good substitute. They're good substitute, and I mean they they, they taste good. Like I was, we just I've been yeah. smoking out of them pretty much primarily for the last month or so, and we just tried that AK forty seven cross Cindy Cindy ninety nine, and I mean mm-hmm. it, it 
the the thicker, older zigzags I hate. You cannot taste the cannabis as easily. Now, and there may be people out there that don't understand this, but it, it, there's a big difference in the taste of cannabis between the quality of papers. And and these ones, if they do okay on taste. They burn okay, and they roll. They roll really easy. That's one of my favorite parts of them because, you know, I mean, I'm only such a can only roll such a good doobie. So sublime and and available now at your local quickie mart. <laughs> That's right. Next to the slushies, <laughs> next to the ganja slushies and ganja ice cream. Um, what's up in Michigan? We've been talking about. Uh, well, we're pretty excited. A lot of people in the Midwest, they were going to have a huge conference, a medical marijuana conference at the Silver Dome in Pontiac. Um, and it was canceled because largely of opposition from public officials. Well, there's a new organizer now. Uh, the old organizer really wasn't really organized all that much. And uh, yeah, the new guy, wants they want to move the event to Detroit. And it may not be welcome there either, but possibility it will be moved to Kobo. Um the the person, uh, Mayor Dave Bing's spokesman, Karen Dumas, said, this is not the kind of event that we'd like synonymous with the city of Detroit. But Greg Carr, who is the event's organizer, said that he's working to bring the conference to Kobo Center on October 29th through 31st. That's the days the event was scheduled for in Pontiac. Um, there were, there's not been a contract signed yet. And they are looking to try to get that contract signed. Um, they were looking to try to get it done by last Friday. No word on, on how that came out yet, but uh, we will let you know and keep you updated on that one. He says, uh, this is not a pot party. This is an education convention. He uh, predicts it could draw upwards of ten to 25,000 people. So we'll see how that goes and keep you updated. Cool. Mm-hmm. What else we got? There's some other thing going on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a good piece I read from uh, a guy named Peter Luke. I don't know who he is. He writes from MLive.com. But uh, he's he's talking about their lack of uh, clarity in their marijuana laws or medical marijuana laws in Michigan. And there's a good chance that this, this has a strong potential of uh, becoming a conundrum like we've seen in other states that haven't clarified. How many times before have we talked about that, that we, you just have to you know, set out the rules and, and decide, you know, just hash it out before you get going here. It's kind of it, crazy, though. It really got hashed out in New Jersey, and now that one's well, so strict. It got that, chopped up. We don't want to hack it out. Right. We hash hash it out. <laughs> right. Right. So there's a, you know, sometimes it's like, well, at least you'll have to kind of figure it out. And I don't know. It's weird. It kind of can work either way, you know. It can be hacked up by the legislation or it can be left too open by the Voters, right. and then it's got to be figured out. And unfortunately, yeah. people have to spend yeah. lots of money and time and effort fighting the court systems and this that. and that to yeah. figure it all out and set the precedents that basically set the rules. Um, they haven't released any new legislation or state, state, you know, government like Secretary of State sort of stuff from Michigan clarifying on any of the rules specifically either, have they? No, no, they haven't done anything yet. Um, they're I don't know how they're going to do it, but this person that wrote this article says that uh, the legislature is the logical place to amend the law, but it, it hasn't seriously taken up the issue, in part because changing the law as approved by voters takes a supermajority. That's three-fourths of the vote. So they're, they're, they're trying to handle it in the right place where it needs to be handled, but it's, it's so difficult for them to be able to do that because they need that supermajority. So we'll keep you updated on what's going on in Michigan. There's a lot of uh, developmental uh, they're in a developmental stage right now. So it should be interesting to see what kind of progress they get hashing these things out and getting things clear so everybody can benefit the most with the least amount of hassle. 
Yeah. Speaking of developmental stage, man, I hate bugs. Hate them. Oh, yeah. Dude. Spider mites, man. They're at the top of my list. Thrip, spider mites, fungus gnats are so annoying. Aphids, mm-hmm. dude, and that and and, and uh, Chunk Norse is coming on next week. We're not doing a gross section this week. Chunk's coming on next week, maybe the week after that. Going to do a very we last week we did a very newbie section with uh, mm-hmm. some Midwestern dude, and um, uh, it was a cool it was cool. What'd you guys think? Let us know. Emails info at canvasagenda.com. Let us know what you think thought of last week's gross section. If you heard it, next week we're going to be doing a more advanced discourse on all sorts of insects, particularly one a lot of people are having that there's not a lot of writing about. Springtails, I believe, is what he, what he talks about. He's going to be talking about all the research he's done. Uh, regarding these um, these these bugs and what kind of uh, things he's done to try and stop them and where he's moving in the future, which is uh, nematode, but he's chemical nematode based kind of guy, I believe, using a mixture of the two. But uh, bugs suck, dude. And if you have any sort of sizable garden, you already know that, and you constantly battle them. And because I've been having fungus gnat issues for the longest and thrips now for a while too and it's just a pain in the ass and we're going to try and get some good advanced help here um on a topic that i constantly am just racking his brain for information on and uh trying to figure out how to have a completely bug free grow it's hard to do once you once you have a decent sized uh i mean there's gonna be something fungus gnats a little Mm. bit of thrips a tiny bit of mites something it's really hard to 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 not have that happen unless you're just dousing them with crazy 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 chemicals, and uh, that's not what I'm into. So um, mm. so yeah, next week on the agenda, Chunk Norris cool. he'll be here. Uh, we got some uh, Arizona news. Looks like right. Yeah, the Phoenix Cardinals football club is given ten thousand dollars against Arizona's medical marijuana initiative. Uh, that would be in two oh three. Right. Um, it, it, it's I believe so. Yeah. Two it's kind of confusing to me, but I don't know. The uh, Phoenix Business Journal wrote that the, Amer- the Arizona Cardinals are opposing Proposition 203, which could make medical marijuana legal in the state. Um, and the Cardinals gave ten thousand dollars to keep uh, Arizona drug free today. That's their, uh, that's the the place they donated. Keep Arizona drug free today. (laughs) According to the Arizona secretary of state's office, um, that group opposes 203 saying it could lead to more illegal drug use. Because if you've ever been to Arizona, you realize Arizona doesn't have any drugs in it, right? (laughs) Right. At at all. But uh, yeah, the Cardinals team president, Michael Bidwell is listed by the anti 203 uh, group as one of the main Valley leaders opposed to medical marijuana legalization. USA Basketball Chairman Jerry Calangelo, Calangelo, is that right? Uh, is also is uh, part of the... Yeah, gets it. Calangelo, right, thank you. Uh, also is part of the Keep Arizona Drug-Free Group's efforts. Arizona voters will decide this uh, Proposition 2003's uh, fate in November, and uh, it could be the 15th state to allow medical marijuana, which we hope happens. <laughs> but don't we count it already in one of those four? See, I think that we do count because <laughs> it's passed it twice already, right? Yeah, technically. I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, they passed it twice. Well, there was some kind of a little problem with the way it was written and little it's little roadblocks that they pop up, you know, and say, oh, no, wait a minute. There's no got to do over, do over. 
Why do so you think? Sad, why do you think the Phoenix Cardinals specifically? Why not this gentleman from his own pocket or whatever? Why? Why representing the Cardinal? What, what's What's the deal there? I don't know. I think part of it's political, obviously, because they know that you know they want to pr- promote positivity to the kids, and they think that you know that outwardly saying drugs are bad, kids, you know, and like McGraw the Raiders the didn't dogs. do that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Raiders aren't doing that. I mean, you know, like the 49ers aren't doing it. The San Diego Chargers aren't doing it. We talked briefly before we started the show here, and um, I mentioned this story I was going to say, and he said, what do you think's up with that? And I I said, you know, it's it's because – they're scared that that their whole team is going to be using cannabis and they don't want them to do that because anybody that is in the NFL is almost automatically <laughs> qualified for medical cannabis oh, even yeah. in New Jersey probably right definitely definitely <laughs> you know, it's a, that is not pro uh health no it's something we our our hunter gatherer primal self still need in society i love football it's very bad on your body i was watching that that thing i was talking about earlier that brain thing um there the the brain panel last night they were also talking about a study they just did on 105 nfl players and they found that 100 of them have brain damage current nfl nfl players um so yeah how many um, how many did they 100 out of 105 Wow, had <laughs> brained. Whoa, yeah, that's yeah. uh, sounds like football's lot, worse, worse than you for cannabis. They probably got it in yeah. high school too, or started. <laughs> yeah, you know, I played, I was a pretty good, uh, pretty mean tight end, if I may say so. But I modeled my whole technique after uh, Lynn Swan, you know, where he would just get he would just fly through the air and not worry about anything on the planet except the football. Well, in the course of doing that, you don't worry about the three gigantic monsters that are charging at you at full speed, and you, you subsequently, you know. And routinely gets just crushed, and you just jump right up. He used to. You remember Lin Swan when he played? Yeah. He said he was a stealer. He just used to jump right up right away. He'd pop. He'd be bouncing on his feet like, "Yep, here we go. Everything's good." You know, half of the time he must have been clueless of what's going on until he got to the huddle again because his bell had it just had to be ringing. And that you know the the toll that that takes on people. Yeah, Man. it's this sucks though. There's no need for the Cardinals themselves to do that. I mean, even if medical yeah. marijuana is legalized in Arizona, NFL players won't use it because there's a league rule against it. Like you don't right. have Chargers smoking pot, Pat flunking piss tests and saying, Oh, I have two fifteen. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, so I, I, I think that I kind of think it's the either he is just a strong prohibitionist to begin with, which would be crazy for an NFL guy to be a prohibitionist. I mean, how much money do they make off of booze? But um, I think it's one of those image sort of things, you know? Yeah, since when do a professional sports team get involved in politics? That's right. pretty interesting. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, like, it's, you know how many sports teams there are in California? And they haven't got, I mean, basketball, football, hockey, everything, and soccer, everything, and they did nothing, nothing. So nothing. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We're going to cover a little bit more about Arizona next week. Uh, Steve, we appreciate the emails uh, on Empire, and we will definitely um, get to uh, some of your stories and some of your information there. It's a lot of stuff. I don't. I, I really don't fully understand what's going on in in, uh, in Arizona and, and the exact history of what's happened there. And perhaps you'd like mm-hmm. to come on for a, a quick discussion about it. That'd be helpful. Uh, you seem to be mm-hmm. a pretty pretty strong authority. But yeah, we will uh, we'll be covering some more Arizona stuff here in the future. It's a little bit of uh, Midwest melee and some glimmers of hope.
hopefully mm, hopefully hopefully that's hopefully is the bottom line here um just a quick update on our uh, uh medical ma- marijuana legislation pending in illinois sb 1381 the sponsor lou lang um state representative lou lang um is he says that he thinks that once the election, he hopes anyway, we all do, that once the election is over, uh, lawmakers will conjure up the political courage to vote for his bill. Um, the problem now, see, he needs 60 votes to get this thing passed in. It's through all of the hoops. It's jumped over everything. It's gone through the entire process. The Senate voted it in. It's gone through all the committees. It's ready. The only thing left is a floor vote in the House. Um, Lang says that he can count for sure 57 House votes, three shorts. Uh, that's three short of the minimum needed. But more than 30 other representatives have told him they wish they could vote for it. They really believe in it, and it's great legislation, but they're afraid to because of political fall, potential political fallout. Um, so he hopes that that will change after Election Day because this is a critical election period uh, around the country mostly, but especially in Illinois. Um, when they come back uh, for a veto session, um, there will be a, a number of lame ducks going on and a lot of other things, and he would need probably 70 votes this, uh, this, this fall for that. So he's going to hopefully wait um, um, till after the election is over in January before the new uh, term starts, and we'll see how that goes. Keep you updated. We're, but there's still hope in Illinois anyway um, for another overly restrictive medical marijuana legislation to pass. Oh, that'll be so <laughs> fun. Yeah, we should talk to someone there if you get any leads on who definitely kind of pushing those bills. And Yeah, uh, I'm reasonably positive I can get uh, beans for Cinderella 99 and uh, uh, Vortex or, you know, God's hoo-ha, whatever. So hopefully this will pass and I can, you know. <laughs> Right, and then you, and then you will be able to get a card and get and be able to. Hopefully, it's not too restrictive, man. To where that'd yeah. be that'd be great for you. That'd change the whole ball game out there. Hey, we got yeah. a we got some what great. When we got a clip of some great Midwest marijuana harvest festivals going on. What's this up? Yeah, so this happened uh, last week or maybe the week before. Where? Uh-huh. Up in Wisconsin, we got a oh. lot of a lot of listeners up there. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I I think um I think Jay was up there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, been, we, let's see. We need that darn. Yeah, he sent us a link for this one, didn't he? Yeah, a can of calendar would be a great thing. It really would, dude. Because yeah. then we could just push people to it all the time. We wouldn't miss all this stuff until afterwards. So, anyway, this is a guy named uh, Jim Miller. He's from the, uh, I think it's the Committee for Medical Marijuana in New Jersey, if I'm correct about that. And um, uh, he's so he's an activist, and uh, he's he's speaking to the crowd here at the at the Harvest Fest. Twice as many people helping with twice as much money will not make it twice as easy here. You have to do things different. And I can't believe the chance you have to do that. There is a woman named Senator Lassa who is a state senator running for Congress. Now, she may be a good person. She may not. That's not the issue. The issue is in her position on the health committee in the Senate, she could have helped a bill, the Jackie Ricker Medical Marijuana Act, pass forward, but she didn't. Her actions caused it to stop. Doesn't matter if she didn't vote, didn't say. She knew what her actions would cause, and she did that. She sided with Republicans and some doctors that were saying things to her that weren't really true. She's coming here Tuesday night. 
She's coming to the Madison Club next to the Monona Convention Center at 5 East Wilson. I believe it's 5 o'clock she's going to be there. I'll be corrected if I'm wrong. Here's no. the deal. Jackie can go to Washington. Damn it, I've seen her hurt like you will never believe. To go to Washington to represent all of your interests. I've seen her suffer like you will never suffer doing things for you, not just for her. And what does she get in return? That's a start. You want to back up the applause, you got a chance. If you're going to be here Tuesday and you can go do there what you're doing now, stand there. You don't have to get arrested. You don't have to be in pain. You go stand there. Some people will be holding signs. You don't have to tell anybody your name. You can look away from cameras. You can say anything you want. You can say, I know enough to be here. She stopped medical marijuana. If you don't start sending a message now, it will never happen. This is it. Right on, dude. You show up. My man. You stand there. You, that says thanks to Jackie. And I'll find out. I swear I'll find out. And if I find out it didn't happen, I will not come back here again. Because if you want, I can juggle for you, too. But I didn't come here to entertain you. I came here to get you to help yourselves. Kind of would like to see him juggle. Um, <laughs> uh, they got a bit. There's a big, yeah. big, big marijuana. Man, I'm motivated. I'm about ready just to dive out the front door. Who is this bitch? What are the? <laughs> Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> Some serious energy. You notice how he stayed on point. You know, every opportunity. That's a true activist right there. That guy that was speaking. I'm not familiar with the gentleman actually, but but I can tell you right now, just from listening to him, he is a true activist invested in this cause. He knows that in order to do this, you got to get things done. Literally, you have to get involved. You have to uh, initiate that energy that's necessary and commit to putting it in there to to accomplish a goal. And it, even when they applauded, he said, "You can uh, you back up that applause." You know, he stayed on him, man. I'm motivated, man. I, I didn't know we were going to listen to that clip. Now I'm like going, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're rolling to the research bins where we're going. I uh, We spent a lot of time talking about uh, the uh, misinformation on um, the health and social um, consequences of using um, medical marijuana. Uh, I'm actually going to read uh, a little bit of stuff here from a um, L.A. Times op-ed thing done by Itali Donovich, who is a doctor in California, and he is a assistant professor of psychiatry and behavioral neurosciences at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, and he's a member of the California Society of Addiction Medicine's Committee on Public Policy. Um, and what they do is they um, are an association of physicians who specialize in the treatment of alcoholism and other addictions. And he says that we, the, the pro-cannabis movement, aren't necessarily lying, but we aren't being completely truthful in some of the things we say about the health and social consequences mm. of marijuana. And, um, um, and what he's saying is, is he's, he's not saying that he's, that they're coming out against or for prop 19, but they just wanted to put some of the information out there for people to, uh, to, to know. Um, here's where, here's where this goes. Um, they basically say legalizing marijuana will almost certainly lead to a decrease in its price and an increase in its use. 
And they're basically guaranteeing that because of the RAND Corporation study we've talked about several times on the show. There's so many media outlets, doctors, et cetera, who use RAND like they're some sort of authority and absolutely correct all the time. And we've uh, spent some time talking about the RAND Corporation study and a lot of its uh, flawed flawed uh, methods for coming up with what it, it, it concluded there. But uh, so so that is one thing he wanted to point out is that it that, that it will be more people are going to use it and there could be risks to that. Um, he says that we say cannabis is not physically addictive and does not have long term toxic effects. He says, unfortunately, this is a, this ignores a large body of national and international scientific research over the last four decades that proves marijuana can be addictive. He did not point out any of these studies but he says that it exists. He says about 9% of adults who use marijuana develop an addiction to it. And among the people who begin smoking before 18, while in, in, in um, adolescence, the number could be as high as 17%. He said, although addiction does not cause dramatic physical dependence, it can lead to substantial problems in education, work, and relationships. Probably because of its illegality would be my guess there on the on the latter part of that problems with education, work, and relationships. But um, you know he's saying it's a physical addiction issue, although it's not the most harmful physical addiction. Um, he's saying the short term effects of marijuana intoxication. Uh, he says they're well established, and um, it says uh, intoxication impairs memory and learning. It also impairs driving. We've talked a lot about on the show about how we're not so sure it impairs it, but we still believe people should not be using marijuana behind a car or any sort of vehicle or anything like that. Um, causing, He says it causes a two- to three-fold increase in accidents when comp- compared to alcohol. A- alcohol causes a 15-time increase in accidents. He says smoked marijuana irritates the linings of respiratory passages and can lead to inflammation and bronchitis. And although it has never been definitively shown to cause cancer, smoked marijuana has been linked to precancerous changes in the lungs. Again, uh, nothing is cited on this on this story. It's just something from a you know authority in um, California. But um, he says that uh, the effects are not as dramatic seen in other harder drugs, but that it does take a toll, especially over time, especially with people who start using marijuana during adolescence before the brain and body are finished maturing. And um, he says uh, long-term marijuana use has been shown to reduce general measurements of intelligence. So it makes you dumb, he's saying. Um, (laughs) However, there is evidence that the process of highly complex information is slow even after 28 days of abstinence brain scans of long-term marijuana users show less activity in regions regions serving memory and learning so he's saying bottom line it's less hazardous to the health than other legal or illegal drugs but it is not without risk and voters and potential users need to fully understand this yeah so how did you how did that make you feel Jamie? I know that you are as far as it being us not spreading any misinformation in regards to health, right? right? You it, it made me feel like he was being somewhat biased and uh possibly uh well, I don't want to say misrepresenting, but he, you know, he didn't represent the full picture of what's going on. And yeah, as you say, that is the stance we take here and we're proud of that because we want to talk truth because we're confident 100% that if you give the truth about cannabis, then it'll stand on its own. 
And they don't, we don't need fake proponents or manipulation to get our point across. We're trying to get people just to take an honest look at things. I don't think this doctor's doing that in this case. And I mean, we pointed out on the show one time before, uh, heart, if you have heart problems, you know, it's, it's really all kind of relatives. We know if you smoke cannabis, it increases your heart rate. Typically, that's not a problem. But if, you're pre, if, you, if you already have heart condition really bad, then that is a potential risk factor for you. So you shouldn't do that. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a huge long list of things that you should probably not engage in if you have a, an existing heart condition. You know, it's just common sense. Well, it's and we also, even, right. And even, and, and I mean, we've also said, look, you burn any sort of carbon into your lungs, it can harm your, harm your lungs. It can inflame your lungs. It can cause, bron- I mean, you can get, have a bronchial infection once at a certain point, if you've, you know, like sure. you negotiate, you know, if you've let down your, your lung health, you can get sick. But we also know that we've never proved, never been linked to a single case of cancer, never been linked to a single death. And I'm not so sure about this precancerous changes in lungs thing that what he's does talking that mean? about here. Yeah, I don't I, for like from a scan, and he's talking about a lot of scans, and he's talking about the the brain scans and the sections of memory that are lost in the scans to heavy long term marijuana users, and uh, you know these things would be great to cite, dude. You are a doctor, I know you know that, but. Um, yeah. Uh, also, um, the, the one thing here that, that, that I want to say, we've even talked about on this show, we've read a lot of documentation. Most of the study shows that, that using marijuana actually might make you safer driver, believe it or not. It might make you more cautious. <laughs> We still do not advocate using marijuana and getting behind the wheel of a car. And no. um, so so if you're doing that, you need to stop. And if you think you're going to continue to be able to do that forever, you're not. Eventually, there are going to be tests for that, too, and you will be busted on the spot, DUI mm-hmm. style. And um, that's just the way that, that it's going to go down. And um, um, you should not be operating. I mean, I, you know, really shouldn't be operating any sort of heavy machinery or anything like that. Um, so, uh, at least it's seemingly like that. Now, if we can have at some point definitive, very well funded studies and they're like, actually it makes you safer. Fine. But we're not there yet. And we want to present the information as correctly as possible here. We don't want to sure. get subconsciously, you know, drilled by our own movement into believing things that may not be true. But from right. everything that we've seen, everything that's been cited, it doesn't weigh well into the to to what right. this gentleman has been saying in this. So, and you, you know another thing about that that it really concerns me, and it, it a lot of things, uh, and this has to do kind of with that thing about the subconscious we were talking about earlier. A lot of times they say that this might have a negative effect. Well, you know they don't. That's so vague, and the the point that they're making is. A negative cannabis equals negative thing. They're not sure. saying anything in detail that points out to what degree. There's so many things well, that we do every day. Oh, the quality yeah. of your tap water. I mean, oh, all kinds of. I things. like if jumping on trampolines. It's fun, but I could kill myself yeah. doing it. I mean, and then they give the terminology for the ligaments and the tendons and the different tissue in your knee, and they explain it in a medical way. They say this can cause this kind of whatever, whatever, something with an osis on the end of it, and that's uh, that's possible, you know, a, a precursor to a potential limb cancer or something crazy. I mean, the way they describe things, it's just, it's it's not, not that it's inaccurate per se. But it's not true. It's not. It's not. It's not fully revealed. It's not descriptive of exactly what they're talking about. So people can get an idea of where this is relative to the rest of our lives. 
a lot of the additives they put into food, McDonald's food in general, all kinds of different things that we do that is accepted and we don't really question it all that much. Uh, it, it's, it's really bad stuff. I mean, I eat some canned food sometimes and you always get on me about what is that stuff you can say that's in the metal? It scares the hell out of me. I haven't been eating canned foods very much lately because of that. <laughs> There's this some kind of chemical or substance that's in canned foods that's front on the can lining or something. Yeah. Man, I mean, yeah. that... That's for all intents and purposes, that might be much more harmful for you in the long run than cannabis ever was. But they're not comparing things to put it in a relative sense where people can understand what exactly is the ri- the risk from this happening. So a lot of times people that are that are, like you said, kind of blinded into saying, no, no, cannabis doesn't do any of these things. Well, they're, they're taking a misstep, I think, because they're not they're not being accurate. They, they need to take a look at these things on an honest level, practice what they preach and say, look, at, wait, yeah, they do do that. That is exactly as that doctor just said. But what he just explained to you, when it happens, it's of no threat. It's of no significant threat to your life or your ability to function properly or to be happy. So what's, what's it matter? You know, in the context of their, their sentences and, and their uh, uh, viewpoints, it, it matters because it scares people and it works on the fear basis of manipulating people into forming an opinion based on fear. Well said, young chap. Well said. You think so? <laughs> I think so, dude. I'm totally digging it. I I agree. Yeah. I just had to I just had to bring that one out today because sure. Um, it was I don't know. Just for some reason, I felt like we had to had to go there today for research bin type stuff. Even though Absolutely. there weren't any studies mentioned or cited or anything throughout it, it is a kind of figure that people would trust if they're reading the LA times because they just read his name and his credentials and could mm-hmm. tend to identify him. Like what he's saying is, is absolutely 100% true. And, and I agree with you about people in our movement too. And it, it, it's, it's a fine line to walk, to walk. It, you is. Know? it and, takes effort. It takes a lot of extra effort. It's a pain in the ass. And I tell you what an unwelcome burden that people, it's just, it's automatically put on all of us in order to be diligent and sorting through what's real and not real. And I mean, in order to, in order to do that, it takes energy and effort and you, and it's like, people are like, after a while, they're just like, screw it, man. I just wanted to know what's going on. I don't want to, you know, have to become an expert on all these things to sort through what's manipulative and what's true and what's kind of true, but leaning in a certain way in order to scare people or, or leaning in a certain way to order to get, uh, you know, get your advocacy or get you on their side when maybe that's not altogether the whole truth. I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate that we're wasting all this time and energy on needless things like that. when we could just get down to the business of living and everybody'd be better off for it as a result, I think. Yep. I agree, man. I agree. Well said. Well said. Yep. It looks like we've got a uh, nug, 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 nugget today. Nug, nug, nuggy, the International Center for Science in Drug Policy. Um, I just love that name. That's cool. International Center for Science and Drug Policy. I don't think I'd be bright enough to figure that name out if I was to, to form my own research uh, place, but, but that would be the ultimate name if I could. They're from Vancouver, Washington. Um, and they provide objective information like we were just speaking of. Um, in, f- in fact, that might come under a little bit of question because they used U.S. federal government data. <laughs> and I don't know how, I don't know exactly how accurate how trustworthy we can we can make that. But assuming that we can trust U.S. federal government data, they used their actual government data um, to show and demonstrate clearly that uh, there is a clear failure 
of U.S. marijuana prohibition, uh, and they support calls for evidence-based models to legalize and regulate the use of cannabis. And the British Medical Journal is one of the world's most influential medical journals, published a supportive commentary to coincide with the report's uh, re- release. I believe that was released uh, Friday, um, October, I think it was or late last week. Um, but the, this new report is entitled Tools for Debate. U.S. federal government data on cannabis prohibition. And once again, if you're listening to me tell you about this, you can go onto our site, go to our reading uh, section, the tab up there for uh, reading materials. And uh, this this uh, full 26-page report, I think it is, will, uh, will be up there. We'll have a link to that. Um, so you can go to their site and check it out for yourself. Um, the, the data... Uh, data, rather, um, collected and paid for by the U.S. government clearly shows that prohibition has not reduced cannabis consumption or supply. Since prohibition is not working, we need new approaches to better address the harms of cannabis use, says this uh, Dr. Evan Wood. He's the founder of ICSDP and uh, the director of this study as well, I believe. Um, he goes on to say, scientific evidence clearly shows that regulatory tools have the potential to effectively reduce rates of cannabis-related harm. So if we just open up and look at these things practically, like our discussion prior to this piece uh, was talking about, then we could, we could reduce the rates of harm related and people would understand what cannabis is, how to approach it, how it affects your body, and how to get by uh, utilizing it for the most positives and the least possible negatives. But we don't have that. We're not to that discussion yet. We're still fighting for it. And that's why this is such an important uh, document. Um, and it's, it's all objective information. It, uh, as I said before, um, it does use U.S. government data. So that is a really a big thing because the U.S. government um, prohibitionists and, and different big power players are going to bring their authoritarian look down your nose attitude, you know, with their fear mongering grenades. And they're not going to be able to dispute too much because they'll, they'll be disputing their own data. So that helps. When we, when we can, you know, be out in the open like that. Definitely. It's, you know, so I was the C-SPAN thing I plugged earlier for Alan St. P- the debate between Alan St. Pierre and Asa Hutchinson. Um, mm-hmm. I watched it last night in the very beginning. Uh, uh, Mr. St. Pierre was talking about the uh, comparing tobacco and marijuana. Now, first of all, I want to point out, I don't, I, I really do not think that once all the data comes in and we, feel very certain. Um, I mean, I, I already feel certain enough. Marijuana is not as bad for you as, as, as tobacco is. But, no doubt. okay, so let's assume that the goal is the stated goal of the government to reduce use of marijuana. Well, the way to do that would be through studying, finding out why people need to reduce the use, what are the effects, why should, in the first place, why should we be preaching to you that you shouldn't use it. Currently, we preach mm-hmm. you shouldn't use it because it's fucking illegal and you'll go to jail. And why other other than that, all the, you know, it, it ruins your brain, it makes you dumb, it makes you lazy, it'll be gateway theory, this, 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 and the other. But prove blah, those. Blah, blah, blah. I hear yeah, the yeah. dings everywhere. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I got to respond. You hear the dings? Yeah. I've got like 12 dings in this program. Go back and start from the beginning and I guarantee you, you'll find lots of functional stoners in here. Everywhere, yep. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so, so let's assume that we do want to reduce marijuana use somewhat we want to put some effort into reducing it for some reason i can't think i don't know why we want to reduce it but 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 for argument's sake for argument's sake let's just assume it um he says so at some point in the past i don't remember what date he said it became utterly obvious to the entire public that tobacco is not 
good for us. Like, I don't remember exactly when we figured that out, but we're like, oh, geez, we've been smoking cigarettes like this for this long. We've been allowing them to sell them to us for this long, and it's killing us, you know? And he said, so we realized that it's so bad for us, but we didn't go and make it illegal. We didn't turn it into a criminal justice problem. We didn't fill our jails and our courts and, and our police efforts with trying to bust people growing and selling tobacco, a drug that's addictive and kills thousands upon thousands of people every year. Mm -hmm. He said, we, ed we taxed it and we educated people on it and we have significantly reduced the amount of tobacco smokers we have in this country. Hmm. Really? That's interesting, isn't it? How it is works? interesting. A little, uh, little rational discussion, a little education, allowing people to make choices. Huh. It works. Imagine that. Yeah, a little bit of that goes a long way. The, the, the good thing about it is a little bit of that type of rational discussion actually may, tends to make people very hungry for more. More of the same. They're more like, more rational discussion. Like, wow, it feels good using these 60 neurons a second. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing some of the, uh, stuff. some of the, uh, some of the data, some of the different things that they pointed out in this study, um, are, are pretty interesting as well. Um, federal anti, according to the U S office of national drug control policy, ONDCP, that's where the drugs are, res, uh, resides, you know, the one you always give thanks to Kil Kilgurkowski. Yeah. That's where he's at, you know, for finding your budge when you say Kilgurkowski three times real fast and hope for your buds. Yep. That's the dude responsible. So send your letters of appreciation to him at the ONDCP. But, uh, he says that, uh, federal anti-drug expenditures in the U S increased 600% from 1.5 billion in, in 1981 to over 18 billion in 2002. However, during the same period, the potency of cannabis increased by as much as 145%. The price of cannabis decreased by a dramatic 58%. So uh, as far as outlining uh, a failure in their efforts, uh, it couldn't be any more clear than that. According to U.S. government-funded reports, in the face of increasing enforcement expenditures over the last 30 years, cannabis has remained almost, quote, universally, universally available uh, to young Americans. Cannabis use among U.S. grade 12 students increased from 27% in 1990 to 32% in 2008, and approximately 80 to 90% of grade 12 students say the drug is very easy or fairly easy to obtain. Because and, it's uh, illegal and drug dealers don't check ID. Yeah, Dr. Carl Hart, a co-author on the report and associate professor of psychology at Columbia University, um, said that from a public health and scientific perspective, the evidence demonstrates that cannabis prohibition has not achieved its intended objectives. The fact that cannabis prohibition has also enriched organized crime groups and fueled violence in the community creates an urgency to implement evidence-based alternatives that may be more effective at controlling cannabis supply and access. And I think he's right. Um, no doubt that's what most of our uh, show has, is about trying to get the truth out. The underlying uh, truth uh, about cannabis is just sitting there right in our face. All we have to do is wake up and take a look at it and judge it on its own merits and, uh, and, and sort through this thing and realize that, uh, what is it now? It's over, it's 850-some thousand people or more 850,000 were arrested last year alone, yeah. Um, yep. Hey, don't yeah. you think cannabis can be abused slightly? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what else can be? anything i know 
but we're yep. starting to teach people not to eat so many damn cheeseburgers, you know? Right. Um, so I was, you know, at the beginning of the snug, I was like trying to think for argument's sake, why would we want to reduce use? Well, not necessarily do we want to reduce like numbers of people that use it, but you may want to re- educate people on, Hey, if you're waking up, if you don't medically need cannabis and you wake up and you smoke all day, every day, that might not be good for you. You know, like right. you might want to chill a good out idea. occasionally. Sure. There may there, this this may be cause for uh, reconsideration. Maybe you might want to do a little personal inventory, review your lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take a look at your decision making process. Make sure that it's not a crutch for you. Do that. Right. Wow, I definitely would agree. Prohibition has failed, and uh, that is the agenda. Absolutely. That is our agenda, and uh, that is the agenda for today. Um, we uh-huh. appreciate you guys out there yeah. so much. There will be a clip at the end of the show. What's this clip all about? You guys like Gary Johnson, right? We just listened to him a little mm-hmm. while ago, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. He was on the Colbert show back then. Yeah, uh, he's also on this Dylan Radigan show. Who I guess we we did a clip from the show. Uh, I don't know, a month or so back, and I've never heard of the show before. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the second time we've we've played a clip from it. It's the second time in a month that he's covered a cannabis issue. Wonder why? Because Aww. it sells. <laughs> Who's it sell to? People that are down with cannabis. Where are you people? Are you Everywhere. participating in the process? Please join us and let's move forward and let's get this thing legal and do what we need to do to get it done. So it's oh. like a like a five minute clip. I think cool. people, in, people check, enjoy it. Check it out at the end of the show. Hey, this was a less clip. So last, so we've done um, over the past few weeks. We did heavily story uh, dominated uh, version of the show a few weeks ago. It was a pretty good show. Uh, we did a heavily clip oriented uh, version of the show last week. This week was a little bit of a mix, uh, more, uh, but but more story dominated. Tell us what you think. Please let us know how we're doing. We need the feedback. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us some some you know comments, questions, ideas, hate, love, whatever. Follow us on our social <laughs> networks. Check out us on Twitter and Facebook. If you're a fan on Facebook, please send uh, invites out to your your friends that uh, you think would be into this. Uh, it's time for this community to grow. We need the participation to grow. Participation is only going to grow as the community grows. There's so many listeners that listen to radio shows all the time and do not participate. The high majority do not. Your participation is listening, and we love it that you participate in that way. But mm. uh, we really are looking for some community-based uh, sort of action here and and, and discussion and and dialogue and uh uh the only way to get that is for us to grow so uh, i have a good feeling if uh if you guys uh facebook us um and send us around to your friends on facebook that might be a good way to get the uh get the word out on on what we've going mm-hmm. got going on here at the cannabis agenda you can email us at any time info at cannabis uh give us a call 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N we need interviews if you know anyone that you think wants to do an interview and be interesting please shoot them our way check out the website cannabis on the website you can look at any of the notes from the stories click on the notes you'll be able to link to the stories you can do that while you're listening to the show if you want uh, mm-hmm. We are also on iTunes. Please subscribe. It'll be downloaded for you automatically that way. And then uh, also please leave, please rate us on iTunes. That would help out as well. Uh, just so you know, Election Day is 22 days, 17 hours, 30 minutes, and 15 seconds until polls open in California. Big time stuff, y'all. Lots of lots of cannabis-related stuff going on. Uh, please show up. Show up out there. Next week. Um, next week, big uh, discussion with Chunk. Hopefully next week. It looks like it's definitely going to be next week. 
big discussion with Chunk Norris and advanced discourse on insects and how to treat them. Dude gets deep into this stuff. This is this is definitely advanced. So if uh, you know anyone wants to listen to this, probably going to get to some bongs and thongs next week. I've been working on it for a while. Bongs and thongs, pot and for porn. Sure. Um, and we're uh, going to try to get to an Arizona medical marijuana uh, discussion. Would love to hear from some people with some more uh, more info on Arizona. Got a bunch from Steve. Going to go through that, try and get that for next week. Um, people, we love that you're here. We'd love to hear from you. Guys? Yeah, until next week, guys. Peace and pot. Peace and pot. You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. Referred to as Prop 19, the ballot initiative to legalize marijuana in that state. Supporters of legalization say would save money on things like enforcement and incarceration. Would also generate a lot of tax revenue for a state that could use it. Meanwhile, legalizing pot here, they say, may also allow Mexico to stop fighting our war on drugs, one that's killed 28,000 people during the last four years. Bear in, mind, bear in mind, excuse me, marijuana, Mexico's biggest agricultural export, accounting for 60% of the profits for those cartels. And our next guest, an advocate for Prop 19 and measures like it, Gary Johnson, the former governor of New Mexico and honorary chairman of the Our America Initiative. Nice to have you back with us. And you know what, Dylan? You said it all. You absolutely <laughs> said it all. When, when, and looking at, the, looking at the latest poll, 53%. Let's say the vote turns out 53 to 47%. Uh, against legalizing marijuana. Well, that's 53% of the population saying to 47% of the population, you belong in jail for your activity. That's bad law. If you were to look at the best argument that you have for legalization, looking at the myriad of things that exist from incarceration to, to uh, the drug war, what do you think is the most compelling argument that you would give to somebody in the 53% from somebody in the 47%? Well, just, just very quickly, half of what we spend on law enforcement, half of what we spend on the courts and half of what we spend on the prisons is drug uh, related. And to what end? We're arresting 1.8 million people a year in this country on drug related crime. I always point out that's the population of New Mexico that gets arrested every single year. We have the highest incarceration rate uh, on a per capita basis of any country in the world. This is insane. Legalize marijuana. Legalize marijuana. Control it, regulate it, tax it. It is never going to be legal to smoke pot, become impaired, get behind the wheel of a car. Never going to be legal to smoke pot, become impaired, do harm to others, same as alcohol. I don't know why we can't connect the dots. What? Well, go ahead. Well, and you talked about uh, border violence. Uh, arguably, 75% of the border violence uh, with uh, Mexico is marijuana-related. Cartel, the cartels dealing in marijuana. We've had 28,000 deaths south of the border in the last four years. If we are ever able to connect the dots between prohibition and violence, it's now. What take the money out of drugs, you'll take the violence out of drugs. What about the basic, basic argument, though, that making something a substance, an intoxicating substance of any kind, legal, 
increases the probability of its access to children, increases the probability of its abuse by children, opens up the opportunity for abuse of other harder, more damaging drugs by you know, children. You know, uh, I, I think we can look to Portugal and uh, Holland, uh, which have effectively decriminalized all drug use, uh, for, for the example. Uh, and they both have 60% of drug use as that of the United States. Now, that's on a per capita basis, but that's marijuana, that's hard drugs, that's kids, and that's adults. In the words of a, of a Holland of, official in the government, we've made marijuana boring. So you legalize marijuana. Now you have to, as a, as a, as a kid now, you have to provide an ID, which, so you're not going to be able to buy Just marijuana. Just trying to buy beer. Well, and, and now, you're, now you're not going to go to an individual who's selling marijuana and cocaine and heroin and methamphetamine. Uh, that's gone away. So you're not subject to these other drugs. So I think there's a real case to be made, and there's proof, Holland, Portugal. Portugal, since they decriminalized drugs 10 years ago, has shown a 50% decrease in heroin use. <laughs> I hear you. What about, let's talk special interest in politics. There, there is an argument that, well, people say, well, why, why wouldn't they do this? And they say, well, hang on. The beverage companies and Anheuser-Busch and the alcohol makers are in there lobbying, saying you better not legalize marijuana because it will hurt beer demand. You know, I, the I don't see it. There's all the, do, yeah. you, do you buy that? No, I don't. I, I don't. And not that there haven't been contributions made by uh, individual businesses, but I don't buy it as a whole uh, at all. So the, the, as I wrap this, the primary barrier to legalization as you see it? Uh, politicians. Politicians, period. In the entire universe. When, when you have 45% of the population uh, supporting the legalization of marijuana, that's statistically nationwide, why isn't that amongst the universe of politicians, why aren't there 20% supporting this when in fact there are zero? It's just a total disconnect between reality and, uh, and what's happening. It sounds like uh, many things that we talk about on the show, actually, Gary. It's a pleasure. But, but to never see. will you see the disconnect with 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 you with public policy and drugs. Yeah. Nowhere does the disconnect so great. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Nice to see you, Gary Thank Johnson, you. former New Mexico Mexico governor.